1: Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. Matt can't be with us today, but lucky for you guys, I have two big guests today. We're going lacrosse. We've got with us back for a second appearance, the head coach at Grand Island, the returning head coach at Grand Island, Andrew Williams. And the third year, entering his third year as head coach of the lacrosse team for Sweet Home, Mr. Corey Meacham. I said it right, right? Mitchum. Mitchum. I'm sorry. I knew I was going to mess that up. In fact, Andrew told me before (laughs) how to say it, and I still messed it up. Uh, Corey Mitchum, Gentlemen, welcome. How are we doing?
0: We're doing all right.
1: Good. Getting ready for the start of the lacrosse season. Um, Now, you guys start... I know I coach track, I should know this offhand. I think the season starts March 13th. Yep. yep. March 13th. All right, I got that right. Sweet. Cuz I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't 100% positive. And I'm I'm the head coach over at Ken East. I should know the start of the season. It's coming up fast. Um it's are you guys excited about it?
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Very excited. My, my to-do
1: list just gets longer. I was going to say you more. get to that start of that season and it's like, "Oh crap, I forgot this. Oh <laughs> crap, I forgot that." We're gonna get into that, but before we get into that, we're gonna come in hot with the Sabers, gentlemen. You guys, hockey fans. So, so I mean, Andrew, you I, better you you played hockey. You better be. A I hockey I am. Fan. I just don't pay attention to it a lot anymore. Listen, for the last, I'm not gonna lie. For the last couple of years, it has been on the back burner. But can I tell you how much fun it is that the Sabers actually are making a playoff push? It's actually fun. I feel like I'm almost. Back like a, as a teenager again, where every day I'm kind of checking the standings now on ESPN. Like crap, they're one game behind. I've got a group chat with a bunch of coaches and some friends of mine where somebody took the screenshot of the Sabers actually in the wild card playoff position. I think it was Sunday, actually in the wild card, and that was just fantastic. Now I think you had to do a double take, and it was funny because I was on vacation. I I came back from Mexico, so I didn't. I was out of the loop. Shut my phone off. Whatever. And I come back, I knew they were close, and it's just like Sabres are in the playoffs. Like, great, but there's still 25 <laughs> games left, 24 games left. But it's just fun. They're they're fun to watch. I mean, it's, it's awesome.
0: And see, I, I get what you're saying because, you know, with me being a, a Philadelphia fan. They, Ooh, you I, guys are
1: struggling a bit this year.
0: Although you guys so aren't bad. too far no, off. No, the, that's what they do, though. They They get your <laughs> hopes up a little bit, and then they just suck. And so I've just completely like, you know, lost interest because they're just so bad, and so I just haven't been keeping up with it. Plus, I've been you know focused on
1: lacrosse and other stuff. So, and that's how it was for me with the Sabers. I mean, as a kid, I was still a diehard Bills fan. Was always a diehard Sabers fan. The Stanley Cup runs were great or whatever. But then it was okay. We're gonna tank. The tank year was fun. We got Eichel. Should have got McDavid. (laughs) Got Eichel. But and then it's just like. Okay. Now we're going to have the good times and the good times never got here. And then we had the trade away Eichel. And thank God that we did. And it's just it feels like it's all right, it's maybe 7 8 years late, but they're finally here. And it was something that you could see them build and um I never thought in hockey that a coaching change really mattered all that much, but just getting rid of Kruger and bringing in um, their new coach is just, it's been awesome. Night and day difference.
0: Would you compare it to
1: bringing in Josh Allen and the excitement around the Bills? Yeah. I Honestly, I really would. And it's, and I, I say this all the time, I'll never forget when Allen was drafted. I'll admit it. I was one of those guys, but no, not him. Anybody but him. You wanted Josh Rosen. Uh, When, uh. when we did, I honestly, out of that draft, I wanted Darnold. I'll Uh. admit it. I wanted Darnold. when when I saw Darnold off the board, I saw Mayfield off the board. Yeah. I looked, I'm like, Josh, I'm like, please Rosen, please Rosen, please Rosen. Thank God I had nothing to do with that pick or we'd still be in year. I don't know, 27, 30, 50, whatever, missing the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it is kind of comparable to actually bringing Josh Allen in, and then the Bills being good. And I was just looking into this. The, if the Sabers were to make the playoffs, this would be the first time that both Sabers and Bills team made the playoffs since nineteen ninety nine. Wow, that's 24 years. That's what I mean. I was saying that to one of my one of my colleagues that I worked at. I was talking with a bunch of people. I'm like, man, I. You know, it was a year out of high school. Another guy was like, yeah, I was my senior year. One guy was like, yeah, I was four. I'm like, dude, way to make me feel old. <laughs> I <was> seven, so. <laughs> <laughs> way to make me feel old, Corey. No, but it's it's just fun again. Um, and I I saw the season coming this year. I'll I i I'll be honest. I said it on my podcast. I didn't think they'd make the I, – I wasn't sure if they'd make the playoffs, but I figured they'd at least be in the hunt in that 7, 8, 9, 10 range. And they are, and they've got a lot of games in hand, and I hope they make it, and they hope they pull it off. So it's going to be fun. Big game yeah. against Columbus tonight, and if you can't beat Columbus, worst team in the league, you really don't deserve to make the playoffs. <laughs> so, but it's great to see them fun again. And speaking of that time again, it's that time to start the spring's season. Gentlemen, just talk about a little bit of the start. Of a, of a lacrosse season, like what goes into the prep of a lacrosse season? What do you guys, as that as that we get closer and closer to March thirteenth, what are what's some of the priorities that you guys go into? Is it making sure your practices are ready? What goes into that?
0: I mean, for me, it's a lot of yelling at the guys to get their paperwork taken care of. I don't, I don't Yeah, I
1: don't
0: know what kind of stuff you you have over at Sweet Home or you know you have at Ken East, but you know I, our trainer creates a google classroom which i already had one set up so he just he joined that google classroom he put out the 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 assignment for the physicals and you know of course there's a bunch of kids that don't have them so i'm messaging all those kids saying hey you can't practice day one without your physical you know it's we got two weeks you know go make sure you set get an appointment or, or whatnot and I just put more stuff out and I'm just got to be constantly reminding them like there's literally no excuse for you to not be able to practice day one that you you've you're a senior now you've been doing this since middle school like there's no excuse and yet there, I'll still have at least one kid I'm sure that can't practice
1: that's one thing that always drove me nuts especially you get that junior or senior, but like, dude, you have done this since seventh grade. I have literally coached you since seventh grade. I have been yelling at you since seventh grade to get your physicals in every year. Why do you have to wait till a day before practice? Oh, well, I forgot coach. Mm-hmm. Karma's going to come back to you. You're going to be a coach and you're going to have a kid that is going to just drive you nuts. But, um, so Corey, as a younger teacher or as a younger coach, does it, do you have you noticed a difference now that you're three? This will be your third year in. Is it easier? Is it is it harder? Like what? What's kind of the difference from year three to year one? Um, it's kind of big. make sure you're close to that mic there. Kind bring of, bring it as close as you want there. Go. You got you got gold there. I know. <laughs> so we want to make sure we capture all of it.
2: It's uh kind of easier and harder at the same time. I think it's you know when you first walk into it, you almost don't know what you're walking into. So like you're kind of just you miss a lot of little things. And as you get more experience, you start to realize like, oh, I need it thousand things to get done before the season even starts and um now that I've been here for a couple of years we're starting to kind of build our culture to where we want it to be where you know keeping the, the we got it the ship pointed in the right direction keeping it pointed that way is just as hard so it's tough to like
1: you know do all those little things that keep the ship going absolutely um now now that you guys are the head varsity coaches did you have any say on who your JV coach or modified coaches were going to be? Or was it just kind of like, all right, you're up on varsity, but your ADs said, here's your JV coach, here's your modified coach?
2: So um, I've had the pleasure that I got hired a month before the season started my first year, and I had no coaches um, in any of my programs. Oh, really? So you had nobody? Nobody. I I lied. I had my modified coaches been there for years, um, but that was it. Um, And then every year since then, I have replaced my entire coaching staff every single year. Because I'd get good guys come in, they get new jobs, or they have a kid, or, you know, they, whatever, go back to school. So this is year three, and I'm year three with completely new coaching staff, um, which, you know, it's nice to bring fresh blood in and get new ideas sometimes, but, you know, a lot of times it's brand-new coaches, who now I'm coaching coaches how to coach, too, which, you know, it just adds a little more stress to me sometimes, but it's great to have them around, too.
1: Did you ever find have that one year where it's just – you and the coach that you brought in whether it was didn't clash personality or clashed personality wise or maybe philosophy wise was there was there ever that that clash of I don't want to say clash of personalities but just clash of philosophies I guess
2: no I've always been blessed to have like really cooperative guys I've gone with um and I have always come from the mindset too of like if we have a difference in opinion like let's figure out why and let's like grow from it because like I mean it got three years as a head coach like I, my, my experience is very limited. Like I'm always down to have a conversation of like, why do you think that way? You know, what can we learn from this? How do we get better from it? Um, you know, and I pick up stuff from all, all over the place, you know, and if it, I don't care. I have a first year coach who's with me this year and I've learned stuff from him. And I mean, I coached him last year and I'm learning stuff from him. So it, it's crazy. Just like just seeing different points of view, you know, especially, you know, if a kid's twenty, twenty-two years old, I mean, I'm only thirty, but getting just a little bit of difference of age and how they explain things and talk about things, it's always you know refreshing to hear.
1: That's awesome. Just pull that a little bit closer. I'd yeah. say so you can even move the whole mic stand closer. Beautiful, um, Andrew. How about you? Now, did you have any any say on your staff, or was it a staff that you inherited?
0: Um, I mean, it's changed a little bit. It's it's mainly who's you know willing to coach. Um, We had some great guys at Grand Island who, um, you know, stepped away for various reasons. And so, you know, that's part of the reason why I moved up to the varsity program. Um, And then we had just some, you know, some guys filling in in the meantime. Um, We had someone step in for me on modified when I went up to varsity. And he's actually moved up to JV because... Our JV coach uh, is a dad of one of the players, and he's got other kids, and his his wife has commitments, and so he just couldn't commit. So he's going to be, you know, volunteering assistant for me, um, but he just couldn't commit to running the JV team. So our modified coach moved up to JV, and it was just, you know, who's available. You know, they got to offer it up to people within the district first. And so we got a new middle school uh, phys ed teacher who actually Corey has worked with, um... He's his, his old coach. <laughs> he got a job at Grand Island. And so he, he picked it up and, you know, he's not a lacrosse guy, but he's a football guy and he, you know, wants to work with the kids. You know, he's got that, you know, he, he can, he can get a team to work together. He can focus on the discipline and I can help him get along the, uh, you know, the, the stick skills and the lacrosse st- strategy and IQ to where, you know, I want them to be when they come up. Um, and so I think we're going to work really well together, th- the three of us, to uh, you know continue building this program.
1: That and it's great that you brought that point up because I know when I my main sport is soccer, um, and I've been blessed to be able to coach with uh, Jamie Rapel for seven years now, six seven years now, and it's been fantastic because. Um, When I was coaching the JV and she was coaching the varsity, it was – she would tell me, okay, we need to work on this, this, this. We had very similar philosophies. We knew – I knew – I wasn't coaching them to win – I was coaching them to win games at the JV level, but I'm coaching them to succeed at the varsity level. And she knew that any time that if she needed to bring anything up, her kids were going to be running the same offense that they were running, the same defensive philosophies. A little bit of a twist here and there, but we were on the same page with everything – Um, And as I moved up and we coached varsity together, uh, we had Dan Norton come in as a JV coach. Um, It was funny. I coached with him for five years for track and field at Kenmore. Never knew in those five years that he was a soccer player. So it was something that he just came. Oh, I'm coaching JV this year. And I looked at him like, Dan, you know, soccer. I was like, have you played? He's like, yeah, I played all in high school. I played a little here. (laughs) Like, talk about, you know, working with a guy and not knowing him. But uh it was it was great and he just fit right into that philosophy and again for me it was I couldn't have asked for three better coaches to work with and I think that's I don't think people realize just how much easier it is to coach when you're coaching with people that you know, that you respect, um, both professionally and personally. It's it just makes life so much easier. It really does.
0: Yeah, I mean when you can, you know, communicate effectively and you know, like Corey was saying, you know, have those discussions and not you know, arguments, you know, you can develop common philosophies. You can, you know, and I, like I know, I, I, despite being the varsity coach and being very busy, I'll still try to stop by like a GV practice or, or a modified game and just kind of see how things are going. And, you know, if there's a kid who's doing something, I'll pull him aside and talk to him. And so, you know, having those common discussions and, you know, not arguing or yelling about things can definitely,
1: you know, really help out a lot. Oh, for sure, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, you coach with somebody long enough, you have those brother sister oh, yeah. arguments. You're like, you are know, like, you son of them, but <laughs> afterwards, you know, you, you you make up. Just like I said, it's like arguing with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I, I love it. Now, what? Uh, let's talk a little bit of how you guys actually met. So how how did you guys meet, Andrew? You were talking a little bit about this before, but Corey, do you remember? Like, how did you how did you meet this this knucklehead over here? Oh, I think you might have turned your mic off. by mis- Right on the side. That's all right. Bottom. There should be, like, a little switch there. There, there we, go. we go. We got, got you me. back. All right. Um,
2: so I met playing against Andrew in a, a men's league, ULAX it's called, um, for years. And, I don't know, just picking up on the sideline. And he started taking pictures for the league most recently, which kind of we just really started kind of talking on the sidelines a lot and kind of just grown from there. And then he got the coaching job not long after I did. So, like, then we had to, you know, talk about coaching, and it's just kind of grown from there.
1: Sweet. Andrew, do you remember – any big games against Corey or? Um,
0: not specifically. Um, I just know, you know, it's, it's a nice community. We got the, the ULAX, um, club program, uh, you know, summer league that we got and it's really getting built up well. And so it's, it's really helped, you know, me not being from Buffalo, get to know a lot of guys around the area. And so, you know, I've gotten to meet, you know, guys like Corey and, you know, some of the other guys on his team as well as some guys on the other teams. And, you know, like like Corey said, I'm taking the photos now. And so, you know, I see guys on all different teams. You know, I recognize them. They recognize me. And even when we're playing against each other, you know, it's it, it's, it's one of those situations where, like, dude, it's men's league. Like, we're just here to have fun. You know, you <laughs> you, you, you go hard and then afterwards you're like, oh, dude, nice hit. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so there, there's probably a few of those where, you know, I I, I might have gotten the best of Corey and, you know, rubbed it in his face a little bit and then patted him on the back. And then you know, he probably took my lunch a few times and I was like, ah, damn, good good play.
2: <laughs> I think a lot of that is now, now we're the old guys in the league. Oh, yeah. You know, we, I started playing in this league eight years ago when we were the young bucks, you know, playing for a championship every year. And now I'm the old guy and I'm just happy to run around and try to not get hurt just not hurt anything <laughs>
1: yeah. i was gonna say Corey, you said you're 30 you're at that age i remember that 10 years ago where it's just playing a soccer game like oh this is fun and then afterwards you get out of bed the next day and you're like oh yeah. why does yeah. that hurt why does this hurt why does it's just and you you play the game back in your head but like i don't think i got hit that hard yeah. but those slide tackles coming up from those slide tackles are a little tougher once you get into your 30s and even more tougher when you get into your 40s.
2: I find more and more self-inflicted stuff, you know, rolling my ankle for
1: no reason. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs>
2: That's what I get hurt with more than anything
1: now. Oh, sh- for sure. Now, do you guys have in your, in your men's league, I'm sure, inevitably, I know in our soccer leagues you would always get those one or two guys per team that just take it a little too seriously, But like, dude, this is not major league soccer this is not the big time. Just settle down a little bit. Do you guys get those, or is it pretty? Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: we get a lot of. Um, it's kind of funny again, being in the league for so long. We have us who are like you know twenty five to thirty, kind of past our prime, or getting there, and then we have guys coming, literally division one players, just out of college, and like they're still they're still going. They're still in that college mode. I mean, th- this fall the um, Hilbert team treated it as their fall ball, so we have me, you know, oh, just God. just out here happy to run around, and then they're out there, you know running plays and beating the crap out of us and i'm just like you know we, we only run for a couple seconds at a time here like let's let's take a take a chill pill here yeah
1: but like dude you got to realize yeah you know
0: yeah most most games i get the ball and i you know i, I speed up just a little bit and the defender's like are we really running today I'm like, i am mean a, a little a little bit like we'll run a little bit and then we'll, then we'll rest it's yeah. okay yeah.
1: i'll it takes me back i'll never remember i'll never forget my first time in an adult league it was uh right out of college so i was like 20 21 uh, played in a summer league. And I remember looking over the team and they were a much older team than we were. And their defender, the entire game is smoking a cigarette. Like <laughs> the entire game, like he'll just, he'll smoke when he's not, and he'll run with the cigarette, like dangling, bouncing from his mouth. And we're like, like, wow, is this <laughs> like, this is, this is not the competitive team. I thought it was going to yeah. be still a fun year. I yeah. mean, it was, it was a bunch of guys, like I said, getting out, getting a run, Better than sitting at home just playing uh, playing Madden or anything on the computer. That's that's although nowadays that's kind of been my exercise more, <laughs> but my my pace of exercise. But it's it's a lot of fun, and it always for me it I get it, but it's always annoying when you get those guys that just dude relax, take it easy, take a step back. I love that competitiveness, but and I'm not gonna lie, there have been games where I've gone after some of those guys just to kind of. Put them okay. in their place, okay. or maybe to show that I can still play. But yeah, um, it's gotta, always fun. got to
2: stroke your own ego sometimes. Oh, absolutely, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Um, so now, have you guys? I know you guys played, um, Corey. You were telling me you played in high school, college, or uh, not college, but high school lacrosse, um, high school wrestling, and high school football. Yep. The uh, three sport, three sport athlete, big man on campus over there. Um, Andrew, you did uh, lacrosse in college, which still—you got to tell the story again. It's—I think it's just phenomenal that you could p- literally pick up a sport, especially like lacrosse, where I would assume you got to have some—you got to have some background on it. And you played in college with no high school experience at all. Like, how did that happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, I. It's it's a little fuzzy but I I know that I I knew about lacrosse in like like 10th grade. My high school had a really good team and I think at that point I was like, you know what? I, I I had friends and classmates who were on the team and they were really good and I was like, oh, this looks cool but you know, I'll never make the team or anything like that. And between then and my senior year of high school, you know, I gotten a st- I got a stick, my dad got a stick, we'd throw around in the backyard. I'd put my hockey net in the backyard and run around in my backyard and just like shoot at the hockey net and just just mess around. And then I went to college um and my RAs and a couple other uh guys on my floor were lacrosse players. And I went to a school where it was uh it was a club team um and it was a D two. So they had D one and D two for club. Um And they just didn't have a lot of guys. They just needed bodies. And you know, playing hockey, I was fit, I was athletic, and so I knew how to like throw a little bit. So they're like, "Oh, you know, just come out. Just we need bodies. Come, come play." And so I, I did. And you know, I didn't do like anything my freshman year. I mean, I remember I I tell my, I use it as a teaching point all the time. I got put in my first game. It was. Or, uh, it wasn't my first game I got put in, but one of the first games that I was in, I was at CMU, Carnegie Mellon, and we were up big, so they let me go in, and um, I remember I was right on the crease, right in front of the goal, and someone shot the ball, and the goalie like, saved it, and it just fell right in front of me, so I scoop it up, goalie's on the ground, net wide open, now it's, it's a 6 by 6 so 36 square feet to shoot at, I wind up. I'm I'm closer to the net than I am to you right now. I wind oh, no. up, crease crank it, hit the post, oh, goes the no. other way. My dad's in the stands watching me and he's just like uh, <laughs> <what?"> <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like oh, I screwed up. <laughs> so I tell my players all the time, like it's not about power, just put the ball in the net. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean just over time, you know, I I, would, I had nothing else to do, so I would just go and hit the wall. I throw the ball against the wall and it was fun. And the guys were nice and it was, you know, low stakes, you know, it's not like we're, we're a varsity program, you know, where I'm playing against kids who are on scholarship or anything, um, or kids that are recruited to go there specifically for lacrosse. So I, I had good guys there. It was a good community. They, you know, helped me out. They encouraged me and I put the work in. And so by the time I got to be a senior, I ended up being, you know, starting crease attackman and, you know, got a I, I got some good goals. I got my first hat trick against our arch rival that we had never beaten to that point, helped him beat them. Um got to the, the, the national uh, championship tournament freshman year and senior year. Um so yeah, just put in the time and effort and just being an overall athlete
1: really helped. Absolutely. And I think that's just it. If if you're an overall athlete, I think it's easier for athletes just to pick up any sport. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's great just to see that you know you can kind of switch from from sport to sport, and like you said, the only reason you really got out there is because they needed bodies and grew into something that you loved even to nowadays or to now
0: oh yeah i mean i I tell my my
1: parents and I tell others
0: like I honestly don't know like what else I would have like like that that's what I liked most about college like I mean, I went to a good school, you know, but like when I'm looking back at that, like that's what I loved most about college, and if like if I hadn't said yes that freshman year, like my life would probably be completely different because I'm just so like obsessed with the game, and I just I just love it so much. It's so it's such a part of who I am that like
1: if I hadn't done it, like I don't I don't know what I'd be doing right now. That's awesome. Sometimes you got to take a chance and put yourself out there. Um, now, Corey, with those, with the three sports you played, football, lacrosse, wrestling, was lacrosse your main sport, or what was your main sport there?
2: It actually wasn't. Lacrosse was just kind of the sport I did. Um, football was definitely my main sport. I went to sweet home, um, 2009, 2008 when we were like our powerhouse back to back (laughs) state champs. (laughs) But, um, and then I, I wrestling was what I always considered my main sport, even though I wasn't good at it. I just, I loved it. And then, um, I just had a couple friends on the wrestling or on the wrestling team that played the cross too. And they're like, you should try this. And I was like, sure. You know, and that was my eighth grade year. And I kind of was a very average to below average player, just kind of good enough to start. And then, couple years later I found this ULAX league I was kind of out of sports and I wanted to get back into it and I just fell
1: back in love with
2: it and it's been you know nine ten years now that I have just I do something for lacrosse
1: almost every day. That's awesome now was it the ULAX like playing in the ULAX league that kind of got you back like kind of got you where you wanted to start coaching or started looking at coaching lacrosse or?
2: So I um I started coaching football pretty much right out of high school. Okay. Um, My younger brother played on JV. I dropped him off to get his equipment. The coach at the time was like, hey, you want to come help out? And it
1: kind of was there. Um, And then... um, Wait, did you coach your brother then on JV? I
2: did. I did.
1: It was uh, an experience. I (laughs) I was going to say, we'll go into that later. Finish your story. But that's got to be...
2: So... um, so then, um, I don't know if you know, but Coach Faller was at Sweet Home
1: for years. Okay, so yep. we're a
2: Coach there. Mm-hmm. And um, if you ever met him, like, you just don't say
1: no to him. Um, yeah, I've only met him once. And yeah. uh, I'm not going to lie, I have no football experience. And I would probably would have, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, so
2: he he's been, he was a lacrosse coach at Sweet Home for, you know, mm-hmm. since the same time as football. And during warm ups for football, one day he came up to me and goes, Well, you're coaching lacrosse too. And I go, Oh, okay, coach. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. sir. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm here. So, um, you know, it's, so you were it was, kind of voluntold almost. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, it was, you know, definitely happy I said yes, now that I even could say no if I wanted to. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's I, he opened my eyes, you know, to what, you know, so much thing. And I ended up becoming a teacher because I love coaching
1: so much. And, you know, again, here I am now,
2: 13, 14 years later.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, now you you wrestled and you coach wrestling too, right?
2: Yeah, I coach wrestling um up until I got the head job for uh, lacrosse and I gave up football and uh wrestling cuz just three sports all year round is is it's tough. tough. Yeah. You know, especially when I was volunteering, I'd be football practice to wrestling off season to lacrosse off season, I'd be coaching 9 hours a day someday. Been there, done that. Yeah. Still do it.
1: Still there, yeah, still doing that. You know, for, for the love of the game, but get burnt out real quick. Oh, for sure. Um now, just with the individual sport with wrestling, like, between wrestling and then obviously the team sport of football and lacrosse, like, do you notice um, whether it's preparing for practices or even as a wrestler and as a football player and a lacrosse player, do you notice treating those sports any differently or is it still the same prep?
2: So... um it's actually super similar. Wrestling's kind of a weird sport, at least a sweet home, where even though most people see it as a very individual sport, like you talking about like a wrestling team, that's probably the closest I've ever been to my teammates. So um, even though it is individual a lot, but like you rely on your teammates so much in that sport, It's it's just like you do in football or wrestling or football or lacrosse where it's, you know, we all got to be here. We're all working towards a time and goal. You know, even though, yes, I'm the only one on the mat, like you're my partner here every day working
1: with me, you know, and you're the one who pushes me in this, you know, and you're the one holding me accountable. And that's that's any team sport. Absolutely. Now for wrestling, it's, I know there's different weight classes mm-hmm. and everything, but it's just your top your top wrestler at whatever weight class it is, right? It's not like you have like, your top three are going, or, or is it? Is it just your top wrestler at each class wrestling that day for a points?
2: So there, there's two two things. For, for dual meets, which is just one school versus another mm-hmm. school, yeah, it's your top guy at that weight class. Sometimes, like, if you have a 152-pounder, he will wrestle 160, and, like, there's games you could play if you could get,
1: like, cutting weight
2: and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for tournaments, depending on the tournament, um usually if you have two guys that are right around there at the same level, like, you can throw two guys into the same weight class, and, oh, okay. you know, depending on the tournament and how it's run, sometimes, you know, only one guy collects points, but sometimes it's both, or it's half points, so or there's, you know, different ways to run it, but, uh, okay.
1: yeah. All right. Um, now, speaking of uh, individual sports, uh, Andrew, you were coaching with the Manimal Doug Newman over there. Um, kind of, I guess, same question. Did you find it um, more challenging, like, coaching in again it's an individual sport but very much a team sport too swimming um did you find the differences between coaching a team uh an individual sport versus a team sport or was it did you pretty much um, treat them the same
0: well i mean my my experience with swimming was a little a little different just because you know they they need someone in the lifeguard chair at all times and instead of you know paying for a coach and a lifeguard they'll pay for the coach and you know, and tell one, you are life. One of you has to be a lifeguard. Yeah, and so
1: you know that's. You mean Doug wasn't going to volunteer to be the lifeguard?
0: No, he moves around too much. <laughs> um, so like he he would hop in the chair like during diving because you know being being the 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 lifeguard coach, you know mm-hmm. I I got stuck with the divers because Doug didn't really want to deal with the divers, so yep. he would make me watch them and yell at them from the lifeguard chair. And so when it was diving, like, he or someone else would go up in the chair, but, like, you could tell, like, he wanted to go talk to this person or do this and, <laughs> and, and he, you know, just wanted to get out of the chair. Um, swimming, what I found, because I didn't really – I would interact with the swimmers, but I wasn't, like, coaching them up too much. Um, I mean, I would talk them through a few things, but uh swimming's a weird sport where it's it's individual and team at the same time because you're fighting – You know, you're you're fighting for your events and you're fighting for your best times so that you can go on to class meet and sectionals and states and whatnot. But then there's also that whole team aspect. And and that's where really Doug did a lot of that, you know, big brain activity where he would change people's um, events so that they uh, he could get the most points. You know, he might not put his best swimmer in their best event because he knew he could get that second and third place points if he were to put him in this relay to make this better, something along those lines. So it's weird because you have to make that balance of it's an individual sport and a team sport. But working with the divers, um, yeah, it was basically just like them individually, you know, what can they do to to get themselves better? I mean, they would give each other tips, you know, when one was diving, the other could watch and, and help him out and, and, you know, Help them overcome an issue or, or a little hiccup that might they might have been having. But yeah, it was more so just focused on like you individually. Like this is this is your game plan. You know, these are the dives you're going to throw. Um, we're gonna we're gonna build up your repertoire to meet you know to to showcase what you
1: do best and try to get the most points for
0: you, but also for the team.
1: Now, between individual and team sports, have you guys noticed that? I hate to say, but sometimes every sport you always get that diva kid or that diva athlete, whether you're playing or coaching. Did you, do you find you get more of those me style athletes in more of like the individual sports like wrestling or swim? Or do you find that those are, those kids are more in like your team sports like soccer, like lacrosse, football, um, again, whether it's player or coach. I know for me, I mean, I've coached, I've coached individual sports like bowling, tennis, um, Believe it or not, in my experience, not that I've had a ton of me first kids, um, but I've kind of found that you get a lot of the me, me first kids in more of the team sports. Um, how do, have you guys found it that way or have you guys seen it a little different or what's your guys' experience?
0: I mean, I've seen it with uh, – I've seen at least like one in each. You know, like I can think back to swimming and I don't know if I want to call him like a me person, but like, you know, he was definitely, you know, more so focused on like his, um, you know, events and and what he needed to do. Um, But then there were others that, you know should have been me guys because they had the potential to be so good and they were more of a, of a team athlete. And then I see the same thing, you know, in lacrosse or, you know, watching soccer, some of the other sports that, you know, you you stop by and you you watch and cheer on the other teams. And, you know, even in those, there's, there's those guys that, you know, it's uh, they, they can't win it by themselves, but they'll definitely go out and try to. Um, So I, I see it pretty evenly.
1: Yeah. And I think especially with soccer, and I'm sure this happens in football where you get those guys, they're more concerned about their individual stats um, as opposed, well, you know, we lost the game three to two, but I got a goal and an assist type deal. I got my stats. All right, if we win, it's nice. If we don't, whatever. I still got my stats. Um, Corey, do you kind of find more of, like, lacrosse, more of wrestling or or more football?
2: I find more, more team football lacrosse. Um, I think just by nature wrestling is a very humble sport. You know, like, you are out there in just whatever your team singlet is in your shoes, and that's it. You know, lacrosse, there's so many kids that get so much into the, you know, I got the best gear in the world, whatever. I look good. Look at me. Now I'm going to try to shoot the ball every time I have the ball because I got the $300 stick. Um, you know, where, you know, just the opposite is what makes a good player in lacrosse is just being humble and a team player. So it's, it's very interesting to kind of see the evolution of players, too, come from that me first and as they mature in the game, become that, like, team player.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, I've asked this before. I've found it so many times where you get that, you get that highly gifted kid. Like you just know, even when he walks in the first day of tryouts, you're like, that kid's good. Before he even, for me, for soccer, there's sometimes I'll look at it, before a kid even touches a soccer ball, like that, that kid's just an athlete. He's going to, and sure enough, just dominates. But the more you watch him, the more you coach him into the season, it's just, sometimes you shake your head, and be like, damn it, I wish the attitude was better. Or, you know, I wish I could take that kid's talent and put it with that kid's attitude who just, sometimes you get that kid who shouldn't be anywhere near the soccer field or or the football field or the whatever. It's, for me, my philosophy, it's just, I want a kid that's humble and I want a kid that's athletically gifted. And it's just, for me nowadays, it's almost seeming like those kids are becoming harder and harder to find because you either get the kid that's extremely talented but just a uh, me first, I'll I'll, I'll be say friendly, me first type of kid or you'll get that kid that's just all team, all work ethic, all everything and just no matter what you do, no matter how, he's never going to get to that next level. Um, How do you deal with coaching players like that? Like, what's your philosophy on coaching, whether it's that all-me kid or that all-heart, no-talent, Rudy, we'll call him, type Uh, of kid?
2: um, I actually, last year, I had a couple kids who traditionally are very the me-first type guys. And um, one thing I harped from the season before, all-off season, is, like, culture. You know, I had a big thing, culture. I met with all the seniors, like, I don't know, two months before the season. I was like, what do you guys want from this program? This is what I want. How do we get there? And we came up with, like, some things, cultures. Um, I went even so far. Like, my program, like, we had a big issue with kids swearing at the refs. You know, oh, yeah, it was it, the year before, it was awful. And I would talk to the blue in his face. So I made it a rule this year. But based on the, what the captain and seniors wanted, anytime anyone swore, we're doing push up the whole team. So and the, I even held myself to that. Like, if I ever let one go and practice, I'm like, all right, I'll go do my 15. Like, um, you know, but. Really, anybody who's like that me first, like, I always bring it back to, like, what is the purpose of us being here? You know, like, I, am, I don't have the program where I want right now in terms of wins and losses. So, like, for me, it's like we're developing this program here. You know, are you here to develop this program for the ninth, tenth graders, for the seventh, eighth graders right now? Or are you here for you? Because if you're here for you, I, we, we, I don't need you here right now. Yeah. You know, or you can find yourself on the, the back of my midi line. And if you get out there, good luck. You know, it's it's really, for me, it's program first, you know, program first in everything we do.
1: Absolutely. Andrew, how about you? Do you find uh, those kids that you, I don't want to say weed them out, but, you know, that are just there for themselves? I mean, I just,
0: <clears throat> I, I try to find a way to, you know, humble them, but not like i I don't want to, like make a fool out of them or anything so you like, want to humble them, not embarrass you, them, yeah, you gotta find a way to like humble them a little bit like i I you know you you get a lot of guys that you know like to talk the talk and you know like oh you know coach, we went in states, we're doing that you know we're beating this team, we're beating that team, and I'm just like how like how how are we gonna go about that like what what are we gonna do what we're gonna, you know we we th- this is what we're doing in practice like you you can't tell me that you're all of a sudden gonna stop doing that to win the game, because if you keep doing that thing that you're doing in practice, you're not winning. You're, you're not even going to beat, you know, the worst team on our schedule. Like, yeah. And, and so try just that whole mindset shift, that culture shift, like Corey was saying, um, other sports aren't doing it as much, but lacrosse, for some reason, the officials are really harping on the language. Mm-hmm. I had a kid get kicked out of a game because he dropped the F-bomb at his... At at a a situation, he was frustrated. so He dropped the f bomb. Ref threw the flag. He didn't realize the flag was thrown, so he turned to his teammate who didn't do what he wanted him to do and cussed him out again. Ref threw a second flag. Two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties is is a game. You're you're gone. And so I'm trying to get them to understand, like culture-wise, like uh, there's situations where you can act the way you want, talk the way you want, and there's situations where you can't. You know, when, when I'm teaching, there's language I can use and language I can't use. You know, when I'm in a business meeting, there's language you can use, and language you can't use. When you step on the crossfield, field, you have to have that self-discipline to say, this is what I can and can't do. And so, like Corey said, I'm really trying to rework the culture um, to get it more so, you know, self-discipline, more team-oriented, not so much, you know, let me get mine, you know, let me get my goals, um, but how can we work together as a team? Um, I was just having a conversation with one of my seniors the other day. Um, he's not really a me-first guy, but he's, you know, he, he uh, got recruited by a school to go, to go play, and he told, was telling me his coaches are going to come watch some of the games. And I said to him, I was like, they're not going to care so much about the goals that you score. They're going to care about what you're doing in between the plays. They're going to care about you know, if, you're, if you're having a crappy game and I pull you, what, how do you react? What do you mm-hmm. do on the sidelines? That's what they want to see. And so when when it's timeouts, what are you doing to be a good teammate? You know, when it's not so much you know scoring goals, but are you are you making high IQ plays that you might not directly contribute to the goal, but indirectly you allowed that goal to happen? You know. Yeah. And and so that's what I that's what I want them to understand, like you know, and and like valuing defense more than offense. Everyone wants to score, but like. You know, you just you just locked down that guy, their best player. You locked him down to zero points. You might not have taken the ball away, but you prevented him from getting any goals and any assists. That's a huge win. Like that whole mindset shift is, is what I really want to focus on, and it's it's tough. It's tough with um, you know the culture of today. Um, oh, for sure. But we're yeah. you
1: know, keep working on it. And I think I think people nowadays. And even uh, athletes nowadays and some coaches don't realize just how important it is to have those those gritty players. And I, I always – I hate calling them gritty players because it's not that they're being gritty. It's just they're outworking. You've mm-hmm. got to have players on your team that are going to outwork your opponents, that are even going to outwork your team and push your team to be better. It, they're so important just because, um, like you said, it's easy to look at a stat sheet like, all right, this kid has – 20 goals on the season. This kid only has three. This kid must be a better player. You don't see what those those gritty plays, those those hardworking plays, they don't show up on stat sheets. But like you said, you tell your you tell your kids. And I remember I I had one uh, one girl a couple years ago. You know, I just she was a very good player, um, but didn't score a lot of goals, didn't really get a lot of assists. She was a midfielder. And just ask, you know, are you planning on playing next year? Well, coach, I don't score a lot. I don't, coaches or colleges only want kids to look. No, you need to. Are there any schools you want me to reach out? Sure enough, she reached out to schools, had a few colleges uh, show up, some small ones show up. And she, you know, got offered and she's playing or she played at the next level for two years. But it's just I don't even think the athletes realize nowadays how important those players are on the team.
2: I think it's so important to, like, celebrate those players. Too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I started this year, I, if you've seen me on Instagram, I got, I got a big sledgehammer for the player of the game. I got a Sweet Home stickers on it. It's great. Kids love it. Um, and, like, I kind of not purposely – I didn't realize it until about five or six times of doing it, like – Every player I've given it to has been like those type of players. Yeah, you know, every practice it's like you know who's a hammer of the day, and it's the hundred and five pound kid sophomore who's taking on the senior, but like you know going hard at him, you know, or like all those kids. Like my my quote unquote probably my best player this year, he didn't get it till like three weeks in. Like he could tell he's a little pissed about it. He's like, well, what about me? What about me? And um not that he's a me first guy, but like, you know, he he's very obviously my best player. And um I gave I gave it to a kid first day practice, first day there, and he's just out here grinding and beating up all the players. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing, but here it is, man, this is what I want. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. You know, and that's starting to get contagious a little bit and you know, and then you get those fringe kids that are kinda, you know, not necessarily the grinder. Now all of a sudden they want something to, you know, they're gonna beat each other up.
1: Yeah. Every year we give uh we give an unsung hero award you know again it's not to the person who's your top goal scorer might not they might not even be your best defensive player they're just somebody out there whether it's practice whether it's game they're out there busting their butt you know i tell some of these kids every year when i give it to them i hate to say it i know i don't have to observe you during practice cuz i know you're going to be doing the drills how they're supposed to be done i know that you're going if you have a problem you're going to come to me I know you know how to correct yourself. I know that I can always count on you to give me everything that you've got out there. Um, The only thing sometimes, and I love those kids, sometimes you kind of got to bring it, like, here, settle down a little bit. All right, relax a little bit. I I get it. It's a scrimmage. Those are your teammates out there. You don't have to go that aggressive out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we got a couple of awards. I'm just reminding myself of them now, but we got an unsung hero award that we give out at the end of the year. We got one called, uh, well, they're, they're named after, you know, former players. So we got one for player that displayed the best physical and mental spirit. Um, you know, our Viking award, you know, represents his teammates, plays lacrosse to the best of his ability, dist- uh, demonstrated loyalty, you know, those kind of end-of-the-year things, but, you know, we got our Viking of the game, a little Viking helmet that we pass out. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit, you know, some of those games, you know, it's it's super easy to give it to the kid who's got, you know, three goals, two assists, and I've, I've done that. But then uh, there was a game where we got smoked by Lakeshore. It was like 17-3, to 3, something like that. I gave it to our goalie because – Without him, it would have been 30 to 3. Oh, yeah. He stayed, he sat in the net. I mean, we didn't have a backup, but (laughs) he stayed in the net. He gave it his all. He made some ridiculous saves while still down like 12 to 2, you know, when it was like 10 to 1. You know, he made some amazing saves and and kept it close. So, you know, you look at the score sheet and you're like, oh, your goalie sucks. It's like, no, he had, he made phenomenal saves. He's our Viking of the game. You know there's another one where we played um we played Louport, and uh I think we locked their best player to like one assist or, or no goals or something. I gave it to the entire defense you know oh yeah they, they all they all had a couple of ground balls, all had a couple of takeaways um you know i I gave it to all of them together, you know, even though I had another kid that probably got like three goals. I'm like, no, nah, the defense gets it today they they played phenomenal and Stuff like that, I think, especially if you start to build the culture that we're trying to build, that stuff catches on. Mm -hmm. I noticed um, our, our Viking helmet went missing. And Uh-oh. They all they all ganged up and they're like those JV kids. They took it. They stole it. They're they're getting, they getting all hyped that like they're gonna go after the JV kids because they took their helmet. And uh, I was like, all right, that's a, that's a start. You know, working yeah towards, working towards the culture yeah. we want, but you need them to buy into that kind of stuff. Like it seems silly, you know, I've got a big sledgehammer. But yeah. like the when they truly focus on the meaning behind it and and all you know band together. Like yeah, this is this is what we do. This is what we work
1: towards. Yeah. Like, oh, that, for sure, that's,
0: that's what really takes the team to the next level. Yeah.
1: Now, the second you said that, like that, they're going to go after the JV kids and throughout the years, I find especially pregame pep talks or whatever, you kind of got to keep coming up with different things. (laughs) I know for me, there's been times whether we're playing Luport or NT or whatever, there'll be times I'll basically kids, if you're listening and I coached you, don't listen to this. But there will be times where I will blatantly make up a false story just to get them fired up. Like, you guys don't understand. When I played this team in high school, they beat us, blah, blah, blah. And we... We've got to go out. We're going to go for redemption. And remember, they beat us five years ago. We were almost undefeated. Like just blatantly, they stole our mascot. Before they stole the our game and burned him. You don't understand. <laughs> just blatantly make up a story just to get them fired up. I mean, have you ever? Have you guys ever done that? Have you? Have you? Like had to make up that that pregame pep talk or halftime pep talk to kind of get them reenergized. I got a good one actually with Andrew. <laughs> well, we played them last
2: year at our place, and they come out to the game, and Andrew's strolling on the sideline doing the pregame like grab my guys. I was like, I know him and I can't stand that. I play against him all the time and his team beat me in the summer and I want to get and it's like, oh, and um, obviously not as true. Andrew's a great guy. I'm I'm, I'm cool with that. I didn't didn't know this. That's great.
1: No wonder why all the sweet home kids were giving you the stink eye over there. Pretty sure one of them tried to shoot the ball at me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's
2: great. It didn't affect our game by any means, but the kids
1: at least came out pretty hot. (laughs) That's awesome. Andrew, any, uh, any memorable pack Talks so far yet?
0: Uh, I that's something I got to work on. I'm not I'm not great at the pregame pep talks. That's something that I really gotta maybe write out a few. Yeah, oh, man. I love yeah, the pep talks. Point. Figure it out. Just I, I you know I try to just do spur of the moment, and I just I get caught up over my words. Even like when I'm coaching, like I'm trying to explain something, and I get a mouthful of words, and yeah. I'm just like Bleh. <laughs> so. I, I maybe I do have to start writing them out, coming up with them ahead of time. Maybe take some inspiration from some guys, you know, like Herb Brooks. Uh, you know, so Michael Jordan, pep talks, you know, <laughs> the flu game. Yeah.
1: What's funny with me, I, I always find my pep talks just come straight spur of the moment. I, the only time I ever really wrote out, I didn't really write it out, but had a pregame prep talk ready to go was my first game. I was coaching at the Park School first varsity um, game, and I was like, all right, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. Our first game, we were playing against Niagara Catholic. I brought everybody in. The second I had everybody in, everything just went out of my mind. And I had literally been prepping this pep talk for like at least three days straight. Like I'm pacing my living room at the time, like just going over it, like doing it in the, in front of the mirror. And the second everybody got in, I'm like, oh, crap, what am I supposed to say? And I just looked like, all right, girls, just win. <laughs> and um, and they're like, okay, one, t- I'm like. All right no more no more no more prepping the prep talk, just go, and from then on, I just you know whatever I, i'd invent a story on the spot, but it just yeah, my first prep talk was just so horrible. We actually won two to one, but I'm looking, I'm like, I, it, it had nothing to do with me and that my prep talk gave at that point. So it was horrible.
2: I, uh, I'm just a mellow, laid-back guy as it is. Like, I'm not, I, I, my emotions are pretty much in check. So for me to go over top, like, usually when I start to go there, my kids kind of know to just don't go towards me and get away from me at that point. So um, I always had the issue of it coming off just genuine. You know, the kids <laughs> are like, Co- Coach, like, we know this isn't you. You know what I mean? So I usually let one of the kids do it. I just say, like, listen, you, you you're better at this. I'll walk away,
1: whatever you want to say when I'm not around say it now you know and I'll just walk
2: away and let them take care of it
1: okay that's awesome yeah. now so you're more of like the laid back laid back coach now do you find that when you do lose your temper or whatever the kids kind of like
2: ooh, oh yeah oh yeah 100% I, I I pick my points when I do it too you know
1: you're just like here's your one warning here's
2: your second warning all right third is now I'm going off you know and it's very short into the suite I don't or I don't say too much about it I say here's my one minute of going off get back to the drill you know, and just for the next half hour or so, kids are usually on point, and then we kind of move on from there.
1: Okay. Andrew, how about you? Are you more, like, how would you consider yourself as a coach? Like, more of that fiery coach? I know for me, I'm, I'm that fiery guy. Like, I'm pacing the sidelines. I'm yelling, screaming. All positive stuff, uh, for the most part. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, far, yeah. I'm definitely loud. Um, how about you? How would you consider yourself?
0: I mean, I get fired up. Um, I don't always convey it the best, I guess. Um, I mean, like there there's stuff that'll set me off, you know, and I'll, I'll try to, you know, uh, I'll try to share that the best, the best that I can. And, and however, you know, if, if, if it's a kid not doing something they're supposed to do, you know, try to let them know. And I, just even as a teacher, like I, I don't have that great, like angry, like voice where it's like, oh, crap, like. Oh, you don't you don't have those. I try. It's tough. <laughs> I gotta I gotta work on it more and more. You know, now that you know, now that I'm a dad, I gotta I gotta work on that a lot more because I'll, I'll I'll raise my voice to my you know little eighteen month old girl and she'll just look at me and smile and keep doing what she's yeah. doing. I'm like, ah, this isn't gonna be good. So no, I I gotta I gotta work on it a little bit more. Um, I mean, I'll say like my my follow through. I feel like needs to. Improve a little bit, you know, I started to this past, uh, this past off season, um, you know, just cause like I said, the culture we're trying to, to build, you know, is that hard work, you know, hard work pays off. And so you get guys like you take time in the off season to come out, open up the gym, let them come in and work and you give them, you know, a couple of things that they should do. And they're just like messing around. So I, I lost it on a kid and I just said, get out. And then the soft side of me came You know, came out and I was uh, as he was like walking out the door. I realized I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he's He's actually actually leaving. I was was, like, "You don't have to leave if you do what you're supposed to do." Like, give him that one last chance, and it worked. So, I got I got to do a little bit more with my follow through. Um, You know, like I said, the I I started to implement last year with the uh, you know there's there's two there's two words they like to use. One begins with an F, and one begins with an R, and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I told them, like, if those words come up, we're we're doing push-ups. And I, I built it. So I was like, first time it comes out, five. Next time, 10. Next time, 15, 20. Like, it, it builds. So I'm trying to – that wasn't a day one thing, so I kind of implemented that in later on. But I, I want to implement that from day one. Um, just get a little bit more uh, you know, strict with that kind of stuff and
1: just better off with the follow-through. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's it's so important that – I mean even though I'm a fiery coach always yelling I I'll have those like where I go off on those moments I try to I try to measure them out throughout the season because I feel like if you're just always having those moments mm-hmm. after a while and I've had coaches I'm sure you guys have too you just look like all right coach is always pissed off yeah. whatever but I remember my first season at Park we were it was halftime and we were losing 2 to 1 to a team that we really should not have been losing to I mean just sloppy play and I I I'm not going to lie. I reamed them out pretty hard at halftime. Like, and this was the first time that I really, it was about four games into the season that I really had that going off of them. I kept the language clean, everything, but just, this is unacceptable. Like just literally reamed them out. We ended up coming back to win. We won like, I think three, two or four, two. We won on the bus ride home. I just remember everybody was silent. And I'm like, after about 10 minutes, I'm like, girls, we won. It's okay to celebrate. Yeah. And I remember my captain just kind of stands up. Coach, we weren't too sure. We thought you might still be pissed off because you were pretty – And I was like, well, don't play like that, and I won't have to yell like that. <laughs> so it was almost like they were – and again, it was three or four games into the season. It was almost like I had to gauge what they were willing to t- – and they had to like, is he really this mad? Is he like – we've never seen him this mad, but – so it was almost like you kind to they had to learn my style. I had to learn their style a little bit. But it was like, girls, I'm fine. Just relax. Even if we, and they, I tell my kids all the time, I don't care if we win 100 nothing or lose 100 nothing. If after every game, if you can come off that field saying that you've given me 100% honest effort, I will be happy either way. It's those times, even if we win, it's those times if we, if we half-ass it during a win or a loss or whatever, then I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. So just go out there and give me everything you got, and I'm going to be a happy coach.
2: Yeah. Um, I've been, been on both sides. of that. When I was coaching football, when I was coaching JV football, I, I was undefeated for about eight years straight. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. We, we had a good run at Sweet Home. Um, I was going to say, you guys are always good, Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but we had games where we would blow the team out by 35, 40 points, and we would be running the next day because of how, like, you know, they didn't do X, Y, and Z in the game and, you know, just sloppy play. And, like, you know, I think... I think the the ability to yell at kids and hold kids like accountable like is such a good skill for kids to learn. Oh, absolutely! Um, I just had this conversation actually with my my off season kids last week because like it's off season and I'm like still trying to encourage some kids to come out. So I'm a little softer on them. Like, good job, buddy! Like you tried today, even though you know they probably didn't get their best effort. And last practice, we were. Trying to do a ground ball drill, and I literally stopped the ball. and said, "All right, everyone, take their own ball, put it on the ground, pick it up by yourself," because it was just so bad. And we just had to like literally went to like second, third grade lacrosse for a while, and kind of got into them a little bit. And after, I was like, you know, when anybody gets on you, like it's not I'm here to be a jerk to you. It's the the opposite. Like I expect more out of you. I see more out of you. Like if I'm letting you not do it well, then I'm doing a disservice to you. You know, I want to I want to see the best for you. And if you don't if I don't correct what you're doing wrong, like then you're just always going to do it wrong. You know, it, it to build you more than it is to help
0: me, honestly.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. You know, try to instill that in them a lot is I, I, I find myself repeating often, like when, when, like, like Corey said, when I get on you, it's because I see something and I, and I see that you are better than what you're showing. And I want to help you reach that next level, reach that potential that you have. And so when I yell at you, you need to take it as a sign of i care enough to let you know and and i'm and i'm angry about it because you're you're not doing what you what i know you can and should be doing and i try to let them know like so like it it's coming out of a you know place of of love of caring that like i yep. i love you guys mm-hmm. you know I, that i spend i spend more time with you guys than i do you know my own family during the season and i don't do that because i hate you guys because i just want to make you run and make you <laughs> suffer like Cause I'm because just I, that mean yeah. of a guy. It's like, so when, like when I yell, like that's, that's, that's what it's for, you know? And, and I want you guys to understand that like, I'm doing this to help, help make you better. And I try to remind them often like that, you know, t- like I, I, I like being here with you guys. You know, I, I, I like this. I genuinely enjoy our time together and and I want us to succeed and have fun. Um,
1: but we can have fun while being productive and working hard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. um, now, of course, one thing about coaching is you've got to deal with the referees. Good, bad, indifferent. And Andrew's already making the face. I, the instant I said referee, he gave me that face. And I, I'll be the first one to admit it. There have been times that I went off on a referee or two or ten. Um, have you guys had those oh, yeah. Those go off at the referee moments? Any any memorable you, that's have standoff?
0: You, have you had any uh, uh, like unsportsmanlike conduct penalties on yourself? <laughs> I haven't. I've gotten a bunch of warnings. I got I got um, one against Iroquois. Yeah.
1: Now, do they give you guys like actual? Pen- I know for was- soccer, you either get a yellow or a red. So it's
0: a, a it's a bench penalty, and so we have a we have a player called the, the in home, and so and he's the the first attackman in the book, and so if there's a penalty on not on a specific player, but on like. Um, the bench or on you know a, a fan or a parent for some reason, or the coach, then that
1: player has to serve the penalty. Um, oh wait, so you guys have the penalty box? Like you guys... Yep. Yeah. Oh really? So they have like, it's like in hockey where you have power play advantages or stuff? Yeah, we call yeah. it oh, okay. uh, a man, man up, extra man opportunity. Okay, I knew that was like yeah. an indoor. I didn't realize that was an outdoor as well.
0: Yeah. Um, and so you take a knee at the scorer's table and uh, you
1: wait your, your time, but there was a Is it always the same, like a one minute penalty, two minute penalty, or is it just straight two minute penalties? It,
0: technicals are thirty seconds, mm-hmm. personals oh, okay. are, are one minute, but now with all the um you know, trying to crack down on the hits to the head, the refs can take an uh, an unsportsman is it unsportsman, unnecessary roughness. Yeah. They can take an unnecessary roughness and decide whether it's one, two, or three minutes, yeah. depending Ooh. on the on and the it, intent and the severity behind it. And they can deem it as non releasable too, so even if the offense scores a goal, like you're still
1: man down. Oh, okay, so yeah. kind of like a like a five minute major in hockey yeah. where it's just the power play is continuous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So there was a one one of my guys like hit one of the Iroquois players, and I was just fired up because the refs. There were some other calls that I thought they should be making that they weren't, and um, so I was just I was just fired up and. As soon as my guy hit the other guy, I saw him reach for the flag and I said, Don't you dare throw that flag (laughs) I I screamed it pretty loud too and he just immediately pulled out another flag and Say I won't just pull one out, I got two. Yeah, I got another one for you, buddy. And there's been some other times where, like, I, I remember I'm modified. I would get kind of fired up, and I, 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 I'm trying more so to restrain myself because, like, I, I know there's those gray areas, and they're just trying to do their job, and and um, so I try to, you know, save it for like the really important times. But there was a couple of games, and for some reason, it's always against Niagara Wheatfield that the games <laughs> just got out of hand. I don't, I don't know what. Like, it, it's not, it's not just like them. It's, it's us too. For some reason, like the us. The, 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 the two teams just don't clash very well, especially on the modified level. Um, and the refs just were, they, they were letting it get a little bit out of hand. They didn't set the tone from the beginning. And so there were a couple of hits, and then finally a, ki- a kid hit one of my guys, and my guy just got really pissed off and just l- lashed out at him and full-on brawl. And so I, I ran across the field to try to get my players out, and I screamed at the ref. I was like, "This is your fault. Oh, yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. get control of this game." Um, and I started talking to the other ref later on. I was like, "You guys want to switch sides because everything seems to be happening over on his side, and he's made, he's he's not taking care of it. So you guys want to switch so you can figure that out." But um, yeah, I've I've tried more so to, and and after I got that unsportsmanlike uh, conduct or, uh, penalty, I halftime i went over to the ref and i just i i put my hand on his shoulder i'm like sir i, I don't want to apologize i i i lost my cool i got out of hand i i'm sorry because <laughs> i'm I, I try to hold myself accountable oh you know? for sure like, same my players like if i lash out at them unnecessarily i'm like i'm I'm sorry i shouldn't have done that like let's let's talk it out and so i just want to let him know like i'm sorry i apologize it doesn't fix anything but you know i so i'm, I'm trying to hold myself a little bit more accountable to to understand you know this is this is what the rules dictate, and this is, you know, a gray area, and he he saw it this way, and I saw it this way, and that's, that's how you got to live.
1: Oh, for sure. And I know there's been times I've definitely lashed out at coach or at uh, referees at a few other coaches too. Um, but at the same time, for me, I'll always get, like, whether I yell at a coach or, uh, sorry, yell at a referee, then you get that kid on your bench that'll say, you know, start kind of yelling out or they'll say something from the bench, and I immediately look like, hey, it's my job, not your job. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll go. And like I said, normally I'll go up to a referee afterwards and, you know, hey, good game, blah, blah, blah. I thought you missed a few calls, this and that, you know, <laughs> kind of do the I'm sorry, not sorry, get the hell out of my field thing. But um, I remember, and I, I told this story before, this actually happened this year. Um, two of the referees uh, for a game earlier in the year, I, I actually went to high school or, kn- or knew one of the guys, knew one of the referees, good friend of mine, Pete Lippiani, he came on the show. His partner had no idea. Younger younger punk or whatever comes on during the game. He he made about two or three early in the game, I thought, bad questionable calls. So I was just like, Sir, can you keep an eye on him? And he looks at me and is like, My dude, relax. <laughs> and <laughs> I got <laughs> Corey's already Corey's already laughing. I I look at him. I'm like, my dude. And I just start screaming. I was like, who are you calling my dude? Like, I'm a four. Like, who are you calling? Where my uh, Jamie, who I coach with, she kind of had to look at me like, Larry, relax, relax. (laughs) And my kids are like, I'm just like in my. And again, Andrew, maybe being a younger guy, you can explain a little bit more with my dude. In my in that moment right there, I took it as he said, like kiss my ass, like, like, he looked at, like, you, like, I took it as a personal insult, where I even addressed him, like, sir, that's, and I looked at, that like, he was saying, F you, I was like, and I just went off, and it was funny, the rest of the game, he didn't go anywhere near me, and the next, we had them towards the end of the season, I think one of the last games of the season, and he comes by, and I, again, I was like, Pete, you know, how's it going, talk to him a little bit, and I saw that as part, and I was like, oh, dude, he's back, so I noticed, and probably like lacrosse, they usually switch at halftime. So Pete comes on my side, first half or whatever we're talking. Second half, Pete stays on my side, but this time they usually switch. And I kind of look, I'm like, Pete, is is my dude over there, is, is, does he remember me? He's like, oh, yeah. I was like, is he afraid of me? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he doesn't want to go anywhere near the sideline. In fact, the second we saw we had this game, because we usually go together, he's like, he's begging me. He's like, dude, I'll give you 10 bucks. Just stay on that side the whole time. So I went over to him after the game. I'm like, listen, whatever happened last and and he he was nice enough the second I thought he was like I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't he's I was like well, forget it. I was like whatever. I over I I took it to heart. I took it the wrong way. My mistake too. I was like, just don't worry about it. Let bygones be bygones. It's all but, good my dude. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I um I think lacrosse in general Most coaches tell you we have an issue a little bit with our refs in terms of let them like knowing the game. So like just having that, sometimes just letting them have
1: bad calls just because they're inexperienced is tough sometimes. And I think you you can always tell you get the inexperienced officials. My thing is what judges me as a bad referee. I get it if you're gonna if you're gonna make bad calls, make them both ways. If you're when I what really gets me heated is when it's blatant one way or another, Mm -hmm. even if it's blatant towards the other team, like if we're playing grand Island and even if they're making blatant, bad calls against you guys, it's still, I'm not going to yell like, Hey, that's not a call against but it's still, it's like, dude, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. Like I'll, I I don't know about in lacrosse for soccer. We get to rate the referees Mm -hmm. after every game. I'll still give a, even if he was giving my team all the calls, I'll still rate him as a bad referee. If I thought that those calls were, Terrible. Now, again, if the team we're playing is dirty, like Grand Island, just kidding. Um, If I, you know, if they were, if they were good calls and they just happened to go against the other team, I'm going to give them a fair rating. But I'd, I'd rather have an official that just calls bad calls for both teams than is just blatantly out for, like, you can tell, like, dude, you, you must have went to Grand Island because you're calling everything for them or you went you hated sweet home when you played right. them because you're they're calling everything against you like how would you guys rate lower like i guess judge a bad official
0: so on we have a the, the arbiter yeah we, yep yeah so we go on arbiter and i think the the categories are professionalism which have to do like their dress and their punctuality. Mm-hmm. So I usually – they always usually get a 10 out of that for me because, you know, if they show up when they're supposed to and they're dressed fine. Um, and then it's like knowledge of the rules, um, interpretation, like that kind of stuff. That's where I start to, you know, drop it down a bit. And I'm still figuring out like, you know, it's it's out of 10. It's like, so, okay, what's – you know, what's what's low enough to share my – Disgust and my frustration, without like completely trashing, you know this guy. Oh, like, I'm not gonna lie.
1: There's been times I've given guys straight zeros yeah. out of everything because they've been so horrible.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm still just trying to figure it out. But yeah, like I, I think it's it's like you said. You, you you have to know the rules, and if. Th- there, there are some refs that you know they they don't make the calls that you want them to make, but at least like if they're expl- like you say, like what, what's going on there, and like they'll explain it to you. You're like, all right, I, I kind of get where you're coming from, but like when they just completely dismiss you, oh, I hate and that, like that. I'm trying to explain, like I please, please tell that. me, like like you know, there's there's a there's a slash, like you can't just wind up and like hit someone wherever you want to on their body, and I'm, I'm we'll yell, yeah, like sir, that's a slash. He's like, no, 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 it wasn't. I'm like, sir, there's a distinct sound. Yeah. that metal makes when it hits plastic and i how do you not like well just because this just because you hear this sound doesn't mean that's what happened i'm like then please tell me what made that sound yeah. and he just like dism- dismissed me and walks away and i'm like dude, like just think through some logic here please like and just like not even explaining anything um so i, th- I think just like if they're able to at least like say like we have one um the, the kind of the, the the head of the officials in the area. Whenever we have him as a ref, um, I, I really respect what he says because he he knows his rules. He does college games. Mm-hmm. He does. And, like head of US Lacrosse. For yeah, me. he's the head of US yep. Lacrosse. So like, she just did the PLL. He's
2: actually the one that got hit. If you saw the clip, that was him. Yeah. It was him. Oh, I didn't know yeah, it was him.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that that stings. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like. I, I try to understand, like, where they're coming from with those. And so if there's, like, blatant opportunities where it's like, okay, they made this call, but, like, that's completely not, you know, what the rules state. Yeah. Not, they'll try to try to mark it down for that. But, I mean, like like you said, you know, it, it's not about just if it's going against me. That, that incident we had with, you know, Niagara-Wheatfield, like, I went up to the guy afterwards and I said you know what, like, you guys really caused that. And I'm not just saying that on my end. Like, you should have you should have penalized us more. Yeah. Like, yeah. because you let my guys get away with things, and I was trying to keep it under control, but I'm one person managing the sideline of a lacrosse game. Like, that's very difficult to do. And so you guys should have held us more accountable. You know? Oh, for sure. And as a player... You, you need to call penalties on, on both sides. Yes, they did things wrong, but we did things wrong too. And because you didn't call those penalties on us it started to lead to negative things.
1: Oh, for sure. And you guys know, as an athlete, as a player on there, within the first five minutes of any game that you play, you, as a player, you know what type of referee you've got that game. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got a referee, who's going to call everything by the book every time, or, you know, if you, uh, who's going to call nothing. So as a player, I'll admit it. When I know there's a weaker referee out there, not to say that I'll play dirty, but, I know there are certain things I can get away with. I know that, okay, I can get away with being off sides a little bit. I can get away with pushing that line because this referee either doesn't know the rule or is not going to call it. I know that I can mark my guy a little bit more aggressive because he's not calling it. Oh, yeah. So you, when it, it, you make a great point because when it gets to that point, if a referee has let a game get out of hand or is only calling things one-sided and you're on the other side – It's only natural to take liberties. No matter how many times your coach tells you, and I'm sure you've been telling, "Hey guys, relax, relax. You can't do that." They still know he's not calling it. He's not calling it. I'm gonna do it.
2: Mm -hmm. I've I've been on the sideline asking, like verbally yelling at refs to call a penalty against my guy. Yeah, Um, I've had I had a player a couple years ago just notorious for slashing, typical meathead player. Um, And I've a time said, "He's slashing. Call it." Call it because that's again, again teaching him too. Because if he's going to slash you seventy times and not get called for it, just going to continue to slash oh for everybody, sure, you know. So please call it, just call it, sir.
1: Please, yeah. You know. And I remember one time, uh, and I don't want to make this about rough bashing because there there are a lot of good referees out there, and I get it. Refereeing. I refereed soccer for one year, and I will never do it again. Like I don't, I don't care if I needed the money. That desk, I will never do it again. It was the worst uh, season ever. It was you were never making anybody happy. You were somebody was always pissed off. I remember one of the first games I coached was against Niagara Falls, my alma mater. I literally knew the coach on the sideline for Niagara Falls, and he's yelling at me like he's never like, and I'm like, dude, I'm literally making calls for you, and he's still pissed off, and he's this and that. That's and I was like, all right, this coach, or maybe I should try coaching because refereeing is not for me. But I remember for me too, it's a big safety issue. I remember one game. Uh, First year at Park, referees just weren't calling anything. So finally, my girl literally, she had the ball. She's carrying it downfield. Just got run over to the point where I thought she had gotten knocked down. You know, finally she got up. So he blew the whistle. I go running off to make sure that she's okay. And I'm like, sir, what's He finally calls the penalty, and he calls it against my girl. And I'm like, sir, are you kidding me? What's the call? Can you explain it? Well, it's your girl's, there was contact, your girl had the ball, it was her job to make sure that she moves away from the contact, and she went into the contact, and I looked, and I I shook my head, I was like, sir, so you're telling me because she had the ball, if a defender hits her and runs her over like that girl clearly did, didn't go after the ball, it's my girl's fault because she had the ball, and he was like, yep. I was like, where? Show me. And I'm literally like face to face. It it had gotten to the point where after about like 30 seconds, one of my captains, Andrea, she grabbed me by that, like bear hugged me, picked and like literally picked me up. And I'm like still yelling, like, sir, show me in the rule book. And again, I had to apologize after that went to my team. But I was so fired up because now your incompetence is putting my team in danger. Now you just, by your stupid explanation, you just told that defenders can pretty much just go hog wild and start knocking over any of the other players because they have the ball and they have to avoid contact.
0: I'm surprised you got away with that because Corey and I are part of this Facebook coaches discussion group. And so I'd see his posts and I comment and he sees mine and we see a bunch from other people. I, I asked the one time I was like, what would happen if I just like pulled out a rule book and asked a ref to
1: show me? Oh, I've done that before. Oh, I got. Oh, I've done that. I, I, before. I got a
0: bunch of guys that commented like, "That's a personal foul," or that's like some yeah. sort of a foul. You'll get you'll get a, a, a flag for that for doing that. I'm like, "Why? Like, why? Why is that?" But apparently, you know, it's yeah. unsportsmanlike conduct to pull out a rule book and ask Graf to show you yeah. where. Because like on it, sometimes sometimes like I I honestly am a little bit confused because our our rules change a little bit. There's some nuances. Yeah, especially and so in the
2: past like five years, I'm trying to
0: really do true. a lot better with. Understanding the rule book, I I read it, you know, like a week ago. I'll probably read through it again a couple of times just to make sure that I'm truly prepared. Um, but yeah, there's like I I'll go to refs. So I'll be like so, like seriously, sir, like please please explain to me what like what this rule is so that so that I know I can, I can teach it to my guys. And you know sometimes they'll
1: you know they'll, they will, and other times they're just like rawr, rawr, rawr. yeah. And, oh, I'd say yeah. I'd say nine out of ten times, and I've done the same thing. Nine out of ten times, you'll find a referee that'll. Whether they do it at halftime or after the game, yeah. they'll they'll explain it to you. But like you said, you get that that official that, and he'll just well, it's not my job. And I'm like, all right. So right there tells me that you have no idea what yeah. call you just made. You have you just blatantly made something up because I know for me, if I'm gonna call something or if I'm gonna do, I'm gonna explain afterwards, and I tell my kids this all the time because some of them will come up. Well, coach, why are we doing this? Or why are we? This is why we're running this formation. This is why we're that. This is why we're that. And I mean, you know, typically, if you just make something up and somebody calls you or asks you to explain, you're going to just rrr, 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 uh, uh, and just, well, we do it because. Because I said so. Yeah. yeah. Now run. Yeah. But it's just, and like I said, a lot of times you'll find there really are a lot of good referees out there. Um, and I have to say this because I'm still coaching and I don't want any referees to, to <laughs> come after us. No, there really are a lot of good referees out there. But there's just referees that they may have been good at one time, but it's just it's time for them to give it up. Yeah. Or then you get the referee who just will move, like maybe within a five-yard radius the entire game. Yeah. And that's we like, we got a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, like it's time to retire.
2: It gets worse and worse at lower levels, or like because my program doesn't win too much. Like we get some refs sometimes. I'm like, you you can't walk. How are you gonna run with this
1: game? Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. So. and that's the thing that I always and I get why they do it. Obviously, higher competition, you want yeah. you know more elite referees. But it 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 does suck when you're and you you're at those lower teams and you're just like. Okay, I know we're not getting the best, but come on, give me something.
2: And arguably, the worst teams need the best refs because, like, oh, for sure, lacrosse inherently you have people with metal sticks swinging at one player. Like, there needs to be someone who knows how to control yes. that game.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was going to say you talked a little bit about um, your, you know, how it was basically a brawl against Niagara Wheatfield at one time. Has, has there, I mean, with with all the equipment, with the sticks, like, is that? I don't want to say common, but does that stuff? kind of happen whether you'll get into those scrums you'll get into those those scrapes or is it more of like i
0: mean it really it really shouldn't and it really doesn't too much um i mean there's only like i think there's only two times where that's ever happened um and yeah Main, mainly, you know, a kid gets pissed off that someone else slashes him, so that, you know, they get up in each other's faces, and then the refs, you know, yeah. So you, you get a little pushing, shoving, bit, but there's, yeah, it never really ex- extends past that at all.
2: Okay. Yeah, my, my my guys have been pretty good, so I, I haven't had too many. My JV team had a one or two instances last year. I think had some legitimate chips on their shoulder, but once they lacrosse is also more of a it's a game of respect a lot too. So like you don't get that so much all yeah. the
1: time. And that's the same thing in soccer and every you'll you'll always get that pushing and shoving. I remember the dumbest thing that I did. Um, one kid literally like took me down from behind. I got up. I got up a little pissed. The referee made the call. I put the ball down and instantly like the, as the kid walked away, again, maybe from here to here, I just rifled the ball straight at him <laughs> as hard as I could and cracked him in the back of the head. And of course, he came back at me. I can you know, we again, we didn't get into a a, a fight or anything, but it was I got a yellow card, um, got sent off, but it was, so did he, but it was one of those things where, all right, again, we're in Niagara Falls. We won, uh, I played four years of varsity soccer. We won zero games. We were not good at all, but it's one of those things. I remember, I think I was a freshman uh, when I did that, and here's how how terrible my team (laughs) was. I was a freshman when I did that. At the end of the game, I had three seniors literally carry me on my shoulder or on their shoulders to the bus because they were so proud that I, A, got a card, and B, just would do that, put the ball down. And and afterwards, I'm like, this is cool, but this is not right. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are we celebrating? Why am I being celebrated right now?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Corey was right when he was saying, like, lacrosse. To, we're trying to build it up more as like a game of respect. We we get kids that come out, and they're like, uh, like they watch the bandits, you know, yeah. and they, and they see like all the physicality of that, and they're like, oh, but coach, like you can hit in lacrosse. I'm like, yes, but in a controlled manner, I mean, absolutely in a specific yeah. way. Yes, you can use your stick and hit it against someone else's stick, but if you don't do it in the right spot, it's a slash, it's a flag, mm-hmm. you know. And and so we we don't want to focus on that. Like yes, there's the physical aspect of it, but we want to focus on the 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 more nuanced part of the game you know the 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 defense the, the the movement on offense the passing and catching like that's the stuff we want to focus on and and when we focus on that then we get away from those situations that
1: start to get a little bit out of control and people get testy oh absolutely yeah. um now speaking of the bandits uh obviously a different format a little bit than high school um have you guys played the indoor game because indoor it's is it six on six like hockey, counting a goaltender?
0: With the goalie, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Um and then high school it's uh it's like soccer, isn't it? Eleven on eleven with a goalie? Ten on ten. Ten on well, ten. It's
0: not, it's not just high school, so there's there's field lacrosse and there's box lacrosse. Okay. And so field lacrosse is played outdoors on like a football or a soccer field and it's ten on ten.
1: The um, Phys Ed teacher should know all this stuff, <laughs> but he doesn't.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um whereas box lacrosse is played like in a like an ice hockey arena yeah. um with with a carpet and it's five or six five on five with the with goal. the goalie yeah um and so it's a lot more physical the box lacrosse um a lot more a lot more like like basketball and hockey combined
1: yeah it's mm-hmm. it's got to be a lot more speed related
0: yeah yeah whereas because like uh box lacrosse like there's a lot of moving picks you know like in like in basketball and there's a lot of physicality like in uh hockey um, you know, like playing hockey, if you skate through the middle, someone's going to, you know, give, you're a little, gonna get popped. Give, give a little slash on, on the on the ankles or whatnot. You play box lacrosse and you're just running through the middle, someone's chopping down on your wrists real hard. Uh, whereas field lacrosse, it, it kind of has those aspects, but it's a little bit more like uh, kind of like soccer, almost a little bit. Okay. Um,
1: a little more where you got to set up the offense. It's a little more setting plays as opposed to, I guess, your traditional like uh, uh, quick, Give and go stuffs down, you know. Yeah, back I mean, there's and forth. there's
0: some of that, but yeah, it's a little bit more. Let's let's set up. Let's get the ball around. There's more space, which favors the offense a lot more. Um, a lot. Both both games have their their uh, you know pluses and minuses. I'll, I'll say, and, and working
1: on both really help you develop as a player mm-hmm. overall. Oh, absolutely. Kind of like when they had the old uh, indoor cross or indoor soccer leagues, where it was six on six, you know, five on five with a goalie, which I loved. Especially the old boarded field at Sportsplex. Oh my god, it's so much fun. Um have have you guys both played um the two different ones, like the indoor the box or in the field, or have you guys just played the the field?
0: I mean I played box recreationally. We the yeah. U Ulax does field in the summer. Okay and then we would do box in the winter. Um over at uh um Epic the Epic Center. Um and it was fun, but it was it wasn't super serious. It wasn't super legit. Like there was, you know, one team who's probably consider them semi-pro.
2: Yeah. Most of
0: them are semi-pro that they treated it as like their, you know, training camp and they would come out and crush everybody. (laughs) And so if you weren't playing against them, it was like a good, you know, a good game, but going up against them, you would just get crushed. Um,
1: but yeah, were you, were you playing in that or? Yeah,
2: I played in that a couple times. You did.
1: Okay. Did you guys, you guys have a preference of whether field or box or is it just kind of any given time?
2: I I prefer field, um, simply because I I always played pole, so I have the six foot stick. You don't use that inside, so okay. I get playing with a short stick, and I I don't know how to catch or throw anymore. <laughs> or pick, up you know, or pick up ground balls. Pick up ground balls. <laughs> he has a great video of
1: me from a couple weeks ago. Is it really that difference oh, playing with a short stick and a long stick?
2: Yes and no. It's. I've just played with a long stick for so long. I mean, you're talking different to three feet. Like, I was going to say. It is definitely when I'm not thinking about how to catch, like I miss balls all the time. Like it's almost embarrassing. <laughs> well, you, I mean,
0: it's it's physics. And so you got this smaller stick – and it's it's a it's a it's a lever,
1: you know. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's
0: a push and pull with a fulcrum. And so when you're doing that with a short stick, you know, it's, it's one type of release and the ball goes a certain way. When you have a longer stick, it's heavier. It's longer. You know, the release point changes. You have to change up the way that your hands are and, and how they move through it. And so you can be successful at both, but it just takes a little bit of time. Like I'll pick up a long pole to mess around with, and I'll I'll make a pass or two or, or shoot with it, and then I'll you know go off and I'll pick up my short stick. And that first pass, you're like, oh, this is not the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's different. Um, I mean, I'll I'll say I like the, I like I, I like field better just because that's what I'm used to. Um, even though you know I'm a I use a short stick, I'm an offensive player, so it's the same on both. But. Box is a lot more, um, you know, like I said, basketball related, and um, you know, setting picks, moving around. Um, the goalies are really padded up, and so it's ha- a lot harder to score. Um, so I was, I was
1: gonna say they're almost padded up. Like aren't they padded up almost like a hockey goaltender? More, aren't they? more, more. Really? Yeah, a yeah,
0: lot more. Like when they when they stand in the net. You literally can't, like, see any of the net. Like, I don't know how, like, you watch Josh Byrne, Dane, you know, Dane Smith, Tahoga, like, all those guys, you, you see them score with ease, and you're like, what, what, how, what do you see? Where are you putting the ball? Yeah. Um,
1: it's where you pick the biggest kid on the team, like, dude, just stand there.
0: <laughs> no, literally, like, when they move, like, that's, that's when goals are scored. Like, they move, <laughs> yeah. and you shoot it where they moved from. Um but, I mean, with box lacrosse, like, I've kind of just taken more so to defense because it's like, well, I can't score as much, so I might as well just, you know, stand there and, you know, hit guys as they're coming through. So I'd, I'd probably say I like the field game a lot better.
2: Yeah. So I have the – especially the older I get, you run a lot less in box. So, like, it's kind of – it's it's a different feel for sure. But like, You I,
1: run less in box? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah, See, I would think it would be the other way around because you're constantly, like – Especially with it being like five on five, I guess you can rotate in and out quicker. But yeah, well that's what if you're, you're
0: if yeah. you're playing true box, like like if you watch the Bandits and play or any other teams, like they have their designated defenders and their designated offensive guys. So you'll see, you know, as soon as as soon as we get the ball up on on defense, you know, the defensive guys will run off and and like Josh Byrne and Dane yeah. and they'll they'll hop on for offense. And then when the ball goes the other way, the, the offensive guys will hop off. You'll get a couple of guys that play transition and they'll run up and down yeah. to stop like a fast break. Um, but yeah, they, they'll pretty much hop off. They're on, it's like a hockey shift, you know, they're on oh, yeah. for like less yeah. than a minute and then they get off. Um, and then you got the next group of guys on, whereas in lacrosse, uh, or field lacrosse, you know, with, with men's league in high school, there's no shot clock. So you can be out there, um, for a, a really long possession. Yeah. Like if you're playing, if, if he's playing defense and I'm playing offense, you know, I could have the ball, I could dodge against him a few times, shoot, I could miss, If my teammates closest to the ball, when it goes out, we keep possession. Okay. And so we can set up again and we can, we can attack the the, the defense again and again, try to shoot. And if we miss, we could get the ball back. So I could have Corey moving around on defense for a good, like three full minutes. And then if he does successfully get the ball away, yeah. take it up to the offensive zone.
2: I got a hundred yards to go to get back to the offense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then if
0: they lose it, then it, he's comes, it go comes all right the back. way back. He yeah. don't, they don't have any time to rest. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, yeah, the ball goes in the offensive zone, the defenders and the attack may kind of kind of like sit there and rest a bit. But if there's a turnover right away, they're, they're back in the action.
1: Yeah. yeah I guess I don't never don't thought about off. that. Yeah. I mean, for, for indoor uh, soccer, it was, the shifts were quick. I mean, the shifts were like a minute and a half, two minutes, but when you're out there, you're running almost almost like a, a sprint um, or a very fast run, like almost the entire time. Mm-hmm. Soccer, I always played midfield. You're doing a lot of running, but if you keep good position, all right, you might be running over here as a midfielder, but then even on a quick transition, if you're holding good spot, you can, I don't want to say do a light jog, but you can kind of carry yourself back. So I, just, I, I kind of equated that maybe being a little bit more like uh, field lacrosse style. Where if you're carrying, but I guess I never thought about that because those defenders are coming from so far back. You've honestly got to move up quicker, and then it's you've got to be back there quick to get on a quick transition. So
0: yeah, there's a lot more space in the field that you can operate from, yeah. and, and get the defense moving. Um, and then there's a new version that they've developed for Olympic play because you know with having ten players on the field, and then you got a whole bunch of guys on the bench. That's way too many players for the Olympic. Uh, format you know they don't they don't want to have that many olympic spots for for that many guys yeah so they develop a new format called sixes which is basically like box lacrosse but on a shortened field with okay regular goalies not box goalies and a, and a regular size net which again is six by six whereas the box lacrosse it's four by four okay um and so we've been playing ex- experimenting with that with ULAX. they've been doing that lately and it's it's fun, but yeah. there's not as much subbing. You know, you're you're up and down constantly. Yeah. There's there's no face off. So as soon as you score, goalie picks up picks up the ball, tosses it down the yeah. other end. You're busting your butt back on. Oh defense. wow. Yeah, okay. It's a lot, it's a lot closer to like basketball. Yes. Than yes. It is okay. Than
1: like hockey. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys like it? Do you guys?
0: I mean, I like it. It's kind of it's kind of a, a we don't have the the space for it, so we've kind of shortened the field a lot. Um. So that kind of changes up changes up a little bit. Um and uh you know th- there's been a lot of guys who have been no shows lately yeah. so uh the the seriousness of some of the past couple of games has kind of been down okay and so people just kind of like goofing around a little bit but you know when you got two teams that are really into it it's a, it's yeah. it's fun it's a lot of a lot of back and forth high scoring yeah it's a little more like chaotic
2: than like normal because yes. yeah. it's so short and it's like ball up i might no offense in two steps
1: you know So I'm guessing just a lot of run and gun, not Mm. so much set plays. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, Last thing I wanted to talk about, and then we'll get into our hot seat questions. Um, How was it coaching against each other? Like knowing, I know you talked a little bit about, you know, getting your team fired up. Like, I hate that guy. But just how was it coaching against each other? I mean, was it, did you guys kind of shake hands after the game, before the game, this and that? Or was it? hey, listen, this is all business. You know, we'll we'll go out to the bars afterwards. Or...
0: Do you want, you want to? Or... Sure.
1: <laughs> um, for
2: me personally, like, I, it's, I'm very much, especially where my program is focused on my guys. You know, so, like, Andrew's great. Come in say, hey, how you doing? I always try to meet the other coaches when they come in. Um, I have no animosity towards other coaches. When it comes down to it, the kids are the ones who have to play. Um, so if, you know, if the coach wants to kind of take that mentality towards me, fine, but, like, I'm not one to be like, I'm not playing the coach, you know, I'm, I'm playing, my, my players are playing their players. That's kind of how I see it. So,
0: um, you know, maybe later on down the road and me and Andrew have
2: some good games back and forth, we'll see things a little different, you know, but we'll see.
0: No, I mean, I think we've got a pretty good community. The, uh, the, the coaching community in Western New York for lacrosse, you know, we, um, you know, we, we all pretty much respect each other and we've, gotten to know each other a lot better um and so like Corey said before each game we usually stop by and shake hands like oh you, know, you need anything how's your team going how are you looking this year you know that you know just kind of you know, shooting the shit and uh so you know that's, that's what we did i mm. stopped in it's like hey you know so it was a crappy day it wasn't yeah. like super rainy yeah. so you know talking about the <laughs> rain a little bit but um no it was it was real like you know we have a lot of respect for each other and so you know we said hey good luck shook hands um, I think afterwards we had, we both had some issues with the refs. So yeah. we were kind of like afterwards, you know, in the handshake line, we were like, oh man, these guys just, <laughs> cause I had some issues with some yeah. things. He had some issues with some things and we were like, yeah, they just, we, don't, we shouldn't have them back. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's a lot of respect. I mean, like, like Corey said, you know, that the players are the ones playing against each other. Like there's the, the, the tactical aspect of like out coaching, you know, someone else. Um, but I have a lot of respect for the for the other coaches in the area. Um, there's a lot of guys that have been doing it for a long time, and so for new guys like me and Corey, you know, we just we 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 have to appreciate you know what they've done for lacrosse in Western New York, and um, they've built up some really great programs. Um, a lot of guys, you know, like him, Corey, taking over for John Fowler um, Ed Greenway for Will East you know, a lot, a lot of good guys that have been doing this for a long time and have uh, you know really helped grow the game in this area. And, you know, we have a lot of respect for them. We want to let them know how much, you know, we appreciate what they've done and how, you know, what they've done for us, just being around them for sure. um, has really helped, helped us become better coaches. And uh, so, yeah, we just want to be able to pass that along when, you know, we're, we've been here for 30 some
1: years and you got some new guy coming in for his first year. That's awesome. I mean, it's, and it's a lot the same way in soccer and even in track and field. It's funny. I brought I brought on a couple track and field coaches uh, that I've coached against for years on as, as a podcast. And it's funny because we always – the longer you do it, you know the guys that you're coaching against. Tradition, usually it's the same guys every year, same girls every year. You know them. You respect them. Um, like you said, you can kind of – you can get into the a little bit of the strategies where like, all right, I know he likes having an offensive team. We can attack him this way. But at the same time, afterwards, especially on track and field, we'll all kind of help each other's kids out where we'll I, I traditionally coach throwers. So if we're going against uh, Megan and Wheatfield, you know, some of her throwers, will, I'll give them a little tips, even though we're we're going against each other. But the more you coach against somebody like I'm not going to lie, there were there were a few bets made. And I don't I don't mean by money, but like one of the bets this year was Megan and I but like, all right, you know what? I'm so confident in our long jumpers. We're going to get a one, two, three sweep and long jump when you face you guys. If we get a one, two, three sweep, um, you and your husband are taking me and my wife out to dinner. If by some miracle, one of your kids gets in the top and just, just, you know, playful little banner back and forth there. And it's, it's all fun. And that's, it's great after a while when you coach long enough and you know that the, the coaches that you're coaching against, you know, the coaches that you can kind of have fun with. You know the coaches who take it seriously, but don't cross that line into, dude. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, so, I, for me, I, I I think it's a lot of fun, and you're right. It really does. I mean, you're always going to get that coach that is just going to go too far, but for the most part, at least around here in Section Six sports, I've say it's it's really a great group of coaches, and I've coached everything from soccer and track and field are my main sports, but. Jesus, I've coached everything from swimming and diving, basketball, um, uh, bowling, bowling, sports that I can't even remember anymore. Bowling was just, (laughs) (laughs) I coached tennis one year, um, girls softball. I don't know how the hell I got into girls softball. I'm not even a big fan of baseball. And I mean, it's just, you learn quickly, but as long as you're, you, you know, the people that you're coaching against, you know, the people that you can, you can learn from, you can have fun with. And it's always fun seeing them on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So it's always a good time. All right. Uh, We're going to get into our hot seat questions. Um, I know Andrew's done this before. Corey, I kind of gave you a brief explanation. You know, we come up with questions. We'll do five of them. Um, I'll come up with some. You guys can come up with some. As long as we get to the magical number of five, then we'll get out of here. Um, First question. Let's see. I had one, and I totally forgot it. I feel like I'm blanking during that prep talk that I had. Andrew, <laughs> you said you had one. Did you have one that you wanted to kick us off with?
0: Uh, so going back to what you were saying about being so excited about the uh, the Sabres, so I thought of this ahead of time. I thought, you, you know how they talk about you know, like selling your soul to the devil, you know, that kind of thing? Okay, okay. All right. So if you had to sell the soul of one of the teams so that the other team could have success, so kind of like if
1: the like the Bills would, you, would win, would, but yeah. The Sab- so
0: so would you rather, you know, sell off the Sabers, like the Sabers, you know, never make it to the playoffs, never have like an above five hundred season, so that the Bills could win a Super Bowl and be top contenders every single year, or would you rather? The Bills Ooh, never make the playoffs. Always be like a five hundred sub five hundred team, so that the Sabers could constantly be a playoff contender, Final Four, Stanley Cup champs.
1: What would you prefer? <sighs> and I know if I do one, like there's no chance that the the team I sell it's, off it's, is going to have that.
0: No, 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 no. It's it's like, it, I guess more so for me, it's like, what do you what do you prefer? I guess so, like you know, because you you'd be selling off the Sabers. Yeah. You know, the Sabers are irrelevant. But the Bills are always like, like the Patriots or like the Kansas City Chiefs like for, for a while. At least, and or,
1: the Sabres are are would always, always there, be
0: non-relevant? Pretty much. Or would you rather have it the other way where the Bills are never relevant, but the Sabres are continually top in the East. You know, top in the was it the Atlantic or the Metro?
1: They're in the Atlantic. The Atlantic, yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Um, For a while, they were Hossie, both man. irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, so then it shouldn't matter. You, you get one. One's good, and the other's back to the way it was. <laughs> I tell you what, if you can guarantee. Yes. It's, is, it's is, that, is that, is that guarantee that the Bills. the
0: hypothetical and fantastical.
1: Is that guaranteeing the Bills win at least one Super Bowl? Yes. yes. Okay. I'm not saying
0: they got to win it every year. No, they, just, they would win a Super Bowl and just constantly be in, like, the playoffs, in, like, you know, the, the division championships, like, that kind of stuff.
1: <sighs> Sorry, Sabres. I'm selling you off. <laughs> Me too. I I have gotta sell the buff. I mean as much fun as I think the NHL playoff format is so much more enjoyable mm-hmm. and I definitely think it's harder to win a Stanley Cup oh, yeah, than sure. than a Super Bowl.
0: I've argued that with with a
1: lot of people. Oh, it's absolutely. So much harder. Absolutely. Best
0: of seven for what, four yeah. three rounds? Yep,
1: four rounds. Yeah, four rounds. It's uh so you're talking you ultimately have to win sixteen games. Yeah. I mean it's I just think it would I think the town's gonna lose their stuff no matter if the Sabres or Bills, when the Sabres are, and Bills win. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd have to sell off the Sabres. I'd have to sell off the Sabres just because I think, even though the town would lose it more or lose it if the Sabres win, I just think the reaction from the city and, every, and would be way bigger with the Bills.
2: Buffalo's a better
1: place after a Bills win. Oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> for sure. And I'm yeah. sure as teachers, going into work the next day after a Bills win is... I remember for one year, I used to give... Uh, because I coach, uh, I I teach health every, every few years too. If we had a test on a Friday um, before a Bills game, I'd be like, "All right, if the Bills win, everybody will get five additional points on their <laughs> on their test." So, but no, I am selling out the Sabers, yeah. Corey. Yeah, Sabers are sell for sure. Andrew, now you obviously you are the a Bills fan, but Philadelphia, and I am sorry, uh, uh, too soon.
0: I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the high road like the Eagles have been, and not you know the low road like you know Juju Smith Schuster has, or you know some <laughs> yeah I'm some not of the, some lie. The, that, was guys, that was just dumb. That was just dumb. Bradbury said it was a hold, and everybody can agree it was a hold, but you don't call it like yeah it was a hold, but you don't call it. So yeah, I'm I'm bitter. I'm frustrated going into work that Monday. I I'll tell you there, I have never been like more nervous. To stand in front of a, a, a fifth grader than that day, because I had one kid that was trash talking the Eagles so bad, and that Friday before, I just I just chose to laugh, and I was like, "Oh, buddy, your 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 comments are, are just so hilarious!" because. You are just so wrong in everything you're saying. He was like, Jalen Hurts can't pass. They don't have any running backs except Jalen. He never. He he really can't run very far. They don't have anybody to throw to. And all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, okay, you lost to you you lost to the to the well, who did lose to? Crap. Uh, oh, they oh, you lost to the Commanders. I'm like, dude, you lost to the Colts. Like, yeah. Like, come on. Like, you, you can't be saying this to me. So I was like. I don't want to go in Monday and listen to what this kid has like, to Like, Han, can I take a sick day?
1: Can I take a sick day? Oh,
0: of course. And there were some kids that came up. They're like, Mr. Williams, who won the Super Bowl? And I was just like, I just ignored him. I just kept walking. I'm like, eh.
1: See, if I was the Eagles fan, I'd be like, oh, and the Bills were where?
0: Yeah. Again, I'm trying to take the high road. So <laughs> it was frustrating. I honestly wanted a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. I would have been ecstatic
1: either way. Um, I would have loved it. Yeah, you can yeah. kind of tell the way the Bills came in; they were just they were yeah. gassed even before the playoffs started. Yeah, Josh but, is
0: playing a little hero ball.
1: Y- yeah, but, he went back to that. That's yeah. a podcast for another. Play. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I'd probably sell off the Sabers though. I want I want to see the Bills it, relevant more so. Yeah, I mean hockey like you still go to a Sabers game, have fun even if you know they're a five hundred team. But yeah, with with the and especially with the limited number of games that. NFL teams have versus NHL teams, you get 82 games in the NHL season. Like yeah. if you're a 500 team, that means forty forty-one 41 of them are, are, wins like that. And that's, that's still a good time, you know, but yeah, I'd much rather the, the bills be uh perennial contenders.
1: I agree. And it's just, I, I'm telling just one, just one, just one, one before, before I die, die. <laughs> just Thanks. one before I die. Um, all right. I've got a question. Um, Obviously, we're all teachers here, all coaches here. If you had to choose one other career, you can, doesn't matter, we're not talking going back to school, whatever, just one other career, boom, it's starting right now. What is that other career besides coaching and teaching that you're doing?
2: Um, I, I started a pressure washing business a couple of years ago, so me is 100% full-time pressure washer. Really? Best gig in the world.
1: Really? I get paid to spray water on people's house. It's great. That is true. <laughs> I never thought about yeah, that. You no. get an employee that, like, pisses out just spray. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: yeah. In an That's hour, awesome. Make my own hours,
1: working in the sun. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Andrew, what about you?
0: A chiropractor.
1: Really? See, I'd be so afraid that I was going to, like, move the wrong thing, and next thing you know, the person's, like, paralyzed. But if it was
0: my career, like, I'd know how to do it the right way. True. You know? Yeah. I just, I, when I was in, uh, going into college... I went to the chiropractor a bunch, like to fix up my back a little bit, and I just haven't been in a long time uh, because my insurance stopped covering it. But uh, yeah, I just really, I thought it, I thought it'd be cool to really have that innate understanding and in depth understanding of you know every bone in the human body. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of that, like you know everything's connected to your spine. Like very true. You could have an issue that you think has nothing to do with it, but it's. Nerves that are causing that, and your nerves are housed in your spine so it's just it's just cool i've i have i have seen so many you know like videos and things of you know people having success stories just from you know a couple of adjustments found some foundational issues that get fixed up and I love hearing a good crack so.
1: <laughs> um i've used this question before i before i 've answered i've always answered sports broadcast or whatever, which I still think would be awesome i'm going to switch gears though i 'm going to give a new answer. I would love to be like a chef. I've always, for me, just cooking at home. Whether it's making sauce, making ribs, putting steaks on there, marinating stuff, that was that's always just my relaxation. That's just my way to just. I, I love just going in there, and I'm I'm a big guy. Whether I make whatever I make, if somebody asks, "Ooh, that's that's great. Can I have the recipe?" I'll look at them. I can tell you what I put in it, oh, God. but I have no idea how much or this. Like I just measure, like measure with your heart, pretty much. <laughs> Um, so I always found that very relaxing. I, I I thoroughly enjoy cooking, the chopping, the prepping work, whatever. I love it. Um, I would be a little worried that it's gonna, you know, once it becomes a job, it's no longer gonna be relaxing. But mm-hmm. still, I I'm gonna I'm gonna have the answer of chef. So I'd rather get I into like a it. chef. I think it'd be fun. I like it. Okay. Plus, you know, you gotta try your food every now and then. So who doesn't wanna always. who doesn't wanna try your food always? <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. do you got a question? I do. All right.
2: Gotten back into reading recently. Okay. So, best book that, or what's the book that has influenced you most? If
1: you have one. Ooh, good question. Um, Andrew, do you have an answer? As the phys ed teacher, who's it's been a while since he's read something, has tried tries to think of one.
0: I mean, pretty much everything I've read is something that my fifth graders are, are
1: reading. You know? <laughs> what's on the fifth grade uh, reading list?
0: We're reading, we're reading Hatchet right now, which is a really good book. Um, you remember Hatchet?
1: Vaguely, I, Brian, I think. I Brian think that Rupert. might have been one of the books that I was supposed to read and, and like didn't read.
0: Brian's plane goes down in the Canadian wilderness. Yeah, oh, okay, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good book. Um, we do this book every year um, at the beginning of the year is called because of Mr. T- because of Mr. Tarript. Okay, and um, it's got by a guy named Raboulier and it's about a, a first year teacher, Mr. Terupt. And uh, he's a wrestling coach, actually. Um, And uh, he comes in, he's a fifth grade teacher, new guy. And he tells it from the perspective of seven students in the classroom. And he goes by month. And so every time something happens, you get the perspective of one student. And then it'll maybe rewind a little bit to a little bit of perspective from the other student. And uh, what happens is Mr. Terrap has an accident. And so the kid 's without him for a little while, and the dynamics between the kids change, and each kid is different you know it 's like the like the breakfast club you got your okay. you got your brat you got your nerd you got your you know your your jock your your reject like you got you got all those different characters, and you see them grow and change and and um you know there 's a lot of, a lot of good themes that the kids can take away from that book and um, it also you know shows me some ways that he interacted with the kids that made such a good impact on their lives, and so there's, uh, you know, he's definitely a a fictional character that, um, you know, makes me think, like, you know, how could I be a better teacher? I could try to implement some of the
1: things that he does with his kids that make him, make them love him so much. Okay. Um, For me, the only reason I'm saying this is this is probably the, it's an impactful book. It's probably the the most recent one I read, uh, The Five People You Meet in Heaven, um, I don't know if you guys have read that. It basically talks about um mechanic named Eddie, it talks about like his life story, then it talks about like he's he's obviously passed, but it ta- it kind of flashes back where he meets this person in heaven because it talks about his army days. He meets this person in heaven because it's an old love of his. It really for me it just kind of it really hit me where it, it talks about just how you can reflect on on stuff that's made you you. Um for me I kind of took it in um the coaching and teaching aspect where, you know, this is what I was, um, way back in 98, 99, when I just started the teaching program at Canisius, this is where I was my first year when I got my classes where it almost just makes you, uh, self-reflect a little bit just about your, your life, your career. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a really good read. Um, I think I finished it, I don't know, two, three months ago. Um, Thankfully, my wife has got me into reading more. Otherwise, I'd be still watching Netflix all nonstop. So, uh, thank you, Vicky. Um, but it's—I mean, it's a great, a great read, a great book. Um, if not, if it wasn't for Vicki getting me to read more, I'd probably have to go back to like a book I read in high school, like a Mice and Men or Catcher in the Ride. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Green Eggs and Ham. Um, but no, I'm going to go with uh, The Five People You Meet in Heaven.
2: Okay. That actually, I just put that on my like to read
1: list like two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, good book. Yeah, good read. I've heard a lot of good things. And, and pretty quick read, too. Yeah. So. All right. So, what, what book for yours?
2: Um, I'm about 90% through it right now, but it, it's called Atomic Habits. Okay. Um, great book. It's it's like a
0: self growth book. Um, Is that the the white one with the speckles? Yeah. Yeah. My wife has that. Yeah. Idea.
2: Incredible. It talks about just like how little changes in your life turn to big things. You know, and how can you can influence your environment and what you do to like become what you want to be. Sweet. It, it, I mean, I day three pages in, I was already adapting my life to it. So, nice. Uh, yeah, it, okay. It, 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 I strongly, strongly suggest reading it.
1: Okay. All right. Question four. All right. I was having this discussion with my wife the other day. Um, favorite sports movie? Miracle. That's what my wife said. She miracle. said Miracle. I love the movie, but I thought Disney went a little like just a little too Disney in it. But it's, it's real life. Like what? It is true. What is false about it? That is. <laughs> I thought they kind of took a little. And you. See, I'm one of those guys where even like like okay, I'll, m- Miracle, I'll look and I'll go up like, all right, fact or fiction on those things. Where some of the yeah. things were a little – but I, I guess for a Disney say, movie, they kept pretty true to it.
0: I'll say there's there's another one. There's another hockey movie that's pretty good that my wife introduced me to that I had no clue about. It's called Mystery Alaska.
1: You know what? That's one that I've always you know, wanted to watch but to never watch watched it. it. Really? It's it's hilarious. That's where it's, it's a lot of pond hockey, right? Is that the one yeah, that where they're on the
0: – It's a, it's a small town in Alaska that every Sunday they have the Sunday game. Yeah. Like like if you're invited to play in the Sunday game, you're a big deal. And, um, one of the guys like leaves the town, which like you don't, you don't leave the town. And he, he left the town to be some like big broadcast person, you know, high end sports marketing person. He comes back and he advertises that he's going to get the NHL to come play because the Sunday game's super competitive. There's a kid that like a couple of kids probably could go play in the NHL. They oh, get wow. their, they get the Rangers to come to Mystery Alaska and play these guys. Oh, nice. And uh yeah, it's it's a cool movie. Yeah, so I okay. if, if Miracle is too like, you know. Hey, listen, I love Miracle fancy, too. I'll go I love Miracle Alaska, too. Another another hockey movie.
1: Okay. Um I'm going to give you two then since you gave me two. One I'll uh, and again, it's Disney-ish. Well, all right, it's Disney. Um McFarland. The one about the cross-country team. Um, Oh, it's a great, great movie. Again, Disney went a little bit over the top on it, but it talks about basically uh, cross-country. The whole premise is a coach. Um, The phys ed teacher comes out of, like it's on his last chance job or whatever. He comes to McFarland, um, and it's basically a a very poor, very run-down area, very uh, Latino area. And he starts a cross-country program or starts their cross-country program. They're going against a bunch of richer kids, well-established. They end up, uh, you know, it's a true story. They end up winning state titles, state titles, state titles. Um, again, they went a little Disney-heavy on it, but I do like it. I enjoy it. I um, just watched that the other day. But another, uh, the other movie, I could go big and say with boxing and say Rocky, but I'm going to say Cinderella Man. Do you guys ever watch that one? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the actor who played in it, but it's an older, I think it came out either late 90s, early 2000s. I know I'm dating myself even more here. Um, but it, I thought it was a good movie. And a, a true story about, um, uh, geez, I can't even think of the boxer. It's been a while since I while, but a true story about a boxer who was top of his career. Um, all of a sudden, uh, the depression hit really went down, was just Fighting bums just basically to feed his family, you know, hard times. Then all of a sudden, um, he had a resurgence in his career and ended up winning a world championship. Um, he beat Max Bear, um, a boxer, back in the day. I mean, it was just, I thought, it was a really well-done movie. So those are my two. Um,
2: I'm going to go with a classic, uh, Sandlot. was yes. my absolute <laughs> uh, favorite. You're killing I me, Smalls. Yeah. Good choice. Good killing Good choice. me, Smalls is like... In my vocabulary almost every day.
1: That's um, awesome. Yeah,
0: so. You play ball like a girl. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so. And the the lifeguarding scene, I'm telling you, every kid. Has, what, what was it? Wendy Pfeffercorn? Yeah, Wendy, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is, that's yeah. classic yeah classic movie
0: so neither neither one of us are going with crooked arrows no a it, it,
2: it did come up it was, a, <laughs> it was definitely a low budget movie yeah there's a couple of low
0: budget <laughs> yeah. lacrosse movies that just like i mean it had a good feel good story to yeah. it but it's it's super
1: disney yeah okay all right question four who's got one is that four or, is that or a, this is five is this five i, think I mean so. I that's got, right everyone got one i got this is five
0: i got an okay one if you don't have any i don't have one so. all right go think, for it so one or two songs that you got to have on your pre-game pump-up playlist. Ooh. Um, Ooh which is, is different because it's not what the kids want to listen to. So mine,
2: I used to listen to two religiously on repeat for literally like two hours before the game started. Um, it was Fireman by Lil Wayne. Yes, um, yes. And the second one was Sandstorm by Daru. Oh, like yes. techno song. Okay. Oh, Sandstorm. Those two on repeat at the loudest I can get it in my ears. And for some reason, for two hours, I would just be on that ready to, like, punch everybody that looked at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but,
1: like,
2: <I> <laughs> yeah. Even to this day, like, it'll come on the radio sometimes, like, in my, like, playlist. I'll be like, let's go. Like, I'm ready. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. For me, um, the one song it, it's... Metallica. I'm going to go either Enter Sandman or Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. Just, again, speed metal gets you fired up, like ready to run through the wall. And then a, the other one, I don't want to say it com- or brings me back down or whatever, but still fires you up, um, Thunderstruck, ACDC. Um, and then I'm going to give you an, a bonus one on here. For whatever reason, this was always on my playlist, especially as a player and even now as a coach. Um, I always had to have a Frank Sinatra song on there. The short little Italian, of course, has to have a Frank Sinatra, but typically it was my way or that's life, but I always had that on, on any pregame songs or whatever that I that I put out there. That's and Josh
2: it, Allen's thing, right?
1: Is it his? I think, I think Josh Allen is a big Frank Sinatra before the game. And I didn't like this kid at the draft. What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. I remember one time before a game, I had the uh, – when we were playing at our home game, I had the – The gentleman who does the music put on a Frank Sinatra kid or a Frank Sinatra song he put on my. And the second it went on, all my girls looked at me like, coach, what the hell is that? Like, just this is when music I turned into that old guy that seven. this is when music was music. Um, But no, that's a that's a weird one I have on there. But yeah, for sure. uh, Metallica, Master of Puppets, um, Enter Sandman, basically anything Metallica and then uh thunder or uh acdc thunderstruck andrew how about you
0: so i gotta have uh I'm, i was debating between which m&m song either till i
1: collapse somehow or, i thought you were gonna yeah, say m&m yeah.
0: love good love some some m um and then there's this other guy. any favorite m i was till i collapse is probably good oh, okay um uh yeah i think probably that one um and then uh, there's a guy, uh, N.F., um, he's a rapper, Okay. and uh, he's, he's clean, too. Like, he doesn't, that's, that's one reason why I like him. Like, you can really understand what he's saying, and he's got good flow, and he doesn't curse at all. So it's great for a pregame playlist. Um, he's got a song called 100. Okay. You know, he's like, I'm on, I'm on 100 right now, Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think I heard that song. It's really good. I think, I think my stepdaughter was playing that song.
0: Probably. He's he's really good. He's got good flow. He, it's basically like Eminem, good flow and rhymes, but like doesn't. Cuss. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, you can't help but get pumped up to some Eminem. And then, uh, I mean, I do I do like my like EDM, like techno kind of stuff too. But like I put some of it on the playlist and the kids are like, Coach, what are we listening? To? I'm like, how can you like not get excited listening to this stuff? Like, just makes you so happy. I want to run through a wall.
2: We we can in our field. We can go through the speakers on yeah. Bluetooth, and I'll put Sandstorm on. Sometime when the kids are running, they're like, turn this off, and I'm like, no, oh. like I'm getting going. And like, coach, you're watching us run. Like, why do you need to be excited? <laughs> Sorry, we're running until I get tired. Yes.
1: All right, that I'm going to do a quick bonus question here, really quick. What's your rapper name? If you became a rapper, oh, what's your rapper name? I was going to say, the second you said Eminem, I was like, you know what? I got to ask the question. What what would your rapper name be?
0: Well, are there there parameters? Like, there's always those things where, like, your last initial and the last thing you ate. Oh, your street side. The color of your shoes and the street you live on. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Brown Jackson, here I am.
1: (laughs) No parameters (laughs) as creative as you want to be. That's
2: a good question.
1: Um. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't even know what mine would be. Um, it, mine would have to be something like uh, I don't know. You know what? I'll be I'll be uh, little mafia or little 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 Italian. What's an Italian like? Little Italian. Little I don't know. Um, little good fella. Little good fella. There <laughs> you go. Fella. All right. I'm little good fella. Little
2: good fella. I'm gonna. I'll go with what my my kids at work call me and actually kids coach too is uh, money Mitchum. Money Mitchum. Okay. Yeah. okay I like that. That's it's, perfect. It's stuck the past couple of years and I I just roll with it now.
0: Okay. Uh, I never really had a good you know nickname growing up. Like my college, some of my roommates would call me like Drooby, but I always pick like a. For Andrew, and then like Will for Williams, like a Will, but I wouldn't want to do that. I'd probably do like like Big Will, Big Will.
1: Something okay, like I was gonna say a Will sounds good too. A Will, Big Will, something like that, maybe. All right, um, gentlemen, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, listen, you guys are welcome anytime. We'll have to guys. We'll have to get you in here. Um, mid-season, or maybe before you guys play each other? Do a little... Uh, we little pre- we're not playing each no, other. Yet. Oh, you guys aren't on the schedule this yeah, year? No, well, I- they
0: moved up to Class B, yeah. and we're still in Class C, and uh, he's, his schedule got filled up real quick. We couldn't get a game in, so uh, I don't know. It may- Maybe we'll both be hosting, you know, holding up Section section 6 titles.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. There you go. Maybe. That'd be pretty cool. I got hey, a big b- hurdle to climb to do that. <laughs> I mean, so do I. So.
1: <laughs> well, we'll definitely have to get you guys back in here to talk about how your season's going and everything. Thank you guys again for coming on. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And look for our YouTube channel at Stories from the Sidelines for all three and we'll see everyone next week for another episode of Stories from the Sidelines and let's go Sabers even though I wrote you off let's we'll we'll still make the playoffs let's go <laughs>